from the KISS 92.5 studios in Toronto, Canada. This is Roz yes. and Mocha. <laughs> it's Roz and Mocha. What's going on? Hey guys, this is Bruno Mars. This is Selena Gomez. Chain Smokers. Lady Gaga. Calvin Harris. Celestia Carter. You're listening to my boys, Roz and Mocha. Roz and Mocha. My, my boys, Roz and Mocha. The Roz and Mocha Show. Uh, between Roz and Mocha, who is your favorite? Roz. Mocha. Roz. Mocha. You guys are so funny, man. Congratulations, Lisa! You just won a thousand dollars. Amazing! Y'all just made my entire morning. Keep it up. You guys are awesome, man. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Virtual learning; those online classes are rolling out slowly, on delay, right across the country. Actually, yes. in the states too, right? Yeah, today was supposed to be the the day that everybody in. Um around here anyway, started, but lack of teachers and tech and everything else, they're, they're, not everybody gets a start today. And we've seen uh, a little bit of what that looks like already since the pandemic started, right? Mm-hmm. So they're having a real problem in Florida, of course, in Florida, that they had to get the teachers and the parents all together to have a big meeting on online learning. And this one teacher gets up to the podium for a message to parents to say, here's how we need your help to prepare the students for the day to sit in front of that computer. But not only that, but what we need from you, what our teachers, what we need from you as parents. Fair enough. enough. To make all of this work the best way we can. These are some of the suggestions, statements, and directions you can feel free to use to give the parents uh, of virtual students. Number one, please parents, wake your children up early enough to feed them and get them dressed for school. Also, make sure your child has the book, pencil, and paper when they sit in front of the computers. No laying down in the bed. Number two, parents, please make sure that you have the own proper clothing when you're walking in front of behind the child's computer. Because we done seen them in their drawers, the bra, and everything else. All right, remember, all children are on the computers and can hear your conversations. So please try to use proper language. No cussing, because if I say just no profanity, they may not know what profanity is. So no cussing, they know what that is. Number four, parents, when you're helping your children at the computer, please uh, do not appear with big joints in your hands and cigarettes. Does joint be big as a cigar? Oh, yeah, we just seen it all. Please not have that in your hand and in your mouth. Number five, parents, please understand that your child is in class and the parents should not stay in the picture and and make make silly face behind the child's face. Just a parent. Why are you trying to teach in your class? That's what you need to tell these parents what to do. Wow. <laughs> Went in, huh? These poor kids. Oh, my so parents, God. behave yourselves. Mom walking around with a big giant joint the size of a cigar. Behave yourselves. Dad walking through in his drawers. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> this is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Tomorrow is uh, National Talk Like a Pirate Day. God, we still celebrate this? Yeah, so Dan Mori decided to make some cold calls across the country to get people to talk like a pirate. You know what's funny is that Mori, Mori for like the last five years, every day it's National Talk Like a Pirate Day, he comes in and goes, uh, it's Talk Like a Pirate Day, and I'm like, we're not doing that on the show, man. Like, I'm not taking part in National Talk Like a Pirate Day. And so he just goes off and says, but now that I, he knows I won't do it. Yeah. So he then what? Gets other people to do it. Tries. Tries. At least. Okay. <laughs> 
Hello. Did you get my calendar reminder? <laughs> no, I didn't get any calendar reminder. Oh, <laughs> oh my. Dude, tomorrow is National Talk Like a Pirate Day. <laughs> Let me hear your best pirate. Our SpongeBob, what are you doing? <laughs> How do you save a drowning pirate? You should buy another. Um, no, no, just, just, no, no just, 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 just go. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. With CPR. <laughs> okay, I get you. I get you. That's All right. Plan. All right. Let All me right. get. Let me get a good R. R. Uh, we're going to celebrate. It's National Talk Like a Pirate Day. Who is this? Let's hear your best pirate. Chip Ahoy! How's that? Chips Ahoy? Chip Ahoy. Like the cookie? Oh. oh Chips Ahoy, man. Hello? Yes, Queen. It's Maury. How are you? I am doing good. Thank God. So far, so good. <laughs> okay, you and I yes. have to celebrate. Tomorrow is a very special day. What day is tomorrow? National Talk Like a Pirate Day. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> so I want to hear your best pirate. You want me to be the best pirate? I am a Guyanese Indian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's many Guyanese Indian pirates. Oh, yeah? So <laughs> let me hear you do a pirate. Let's hear your best pirate sound. I don't know. What is that? So I just need you to go, Arr. Why should I? Because that's what a pirate sounds like. Okay. So go, arr. No. no. Why? Because I'm not a pirate. No, but I'm asking you to pretend. Doesn't matter. You don't want to pretend to be a pirate with me? No. Okay, then bye. I'm busy. You take care. God bless. <laughs> Yeah, you and I have to celebrate a special day tomorrow. National Talk Like a Pirate Day. Hello? Hi. Hi. Aren't you excited for National Talk Like a Pirate Day? No. Why? Do you not like pirates? <laughs> Are you afraid of pirates? Did you have a run-in with a pirate? Are you a pirate? <laughs> no time for your nonsense. Hi, how are you? I am well, thanks. Okay, happy uh -huh. National Talk Like a Pirate Day tomorrow. Very good, sir. Okay, can I hear your pirate sound? A pirate? Yeah. Ho, ho, ho? No, no, that's Santa. <laughs> no, ho, ho, ho in the bottle of rum. Oh, in your face. Oh, no. arr. Oh, arr, we made these. Why don't pirates shower before they walk the plank? I don't know. Because they'll just wash up on shore later. Okay. Yo-ho-ho. <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Arr, tomorrow is National Talk Like a Pirate Day. Shall we celebrate? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to have to pass on this for you. Do you not like pirates? I love pirates. Arr. <laughs> Arr. Why does it take pirates so long to learn the alphabet? I don't know. Because they can spend years at sea. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> <It's> Bye. <terrible>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I should talk like a pirate day, everybody. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast.
They speak from beyond the grave, Roz. This is crazy. So on hold right now is Bill Edgar. He's from Australia, and he is the coffin confessor, meaning he meets with people who are dying or terminal. They give him things to say that they would like to get off their chest, things that maybe they never thought that they could say to family members or people in that room. He goes to their funeral, disrupts their funerals, gets up on stage, and starts telling people off. He's confessing to affairs. He's telling people to leave because they weren't actually friends and they shouldn't be there. He's hiding like their sex stuff that they don't want people to find out that they were into. He's the coffin confessor and he makes a ton of money. Hey, Bill, how you doing, man? It's Razamoka. Yeah, good. How you doing? We're doing great. Before we get into this, do you want to sell me the rights to your story right now on the show? Nah, you're all good, bud. Okay, maybe we'll double back on that after the interview. Has anyone uh, already <laughs> reached out to you about what it is you do for a living and uh, want to turn it into a TV show or a movie or documentary? Uh, yeah, about half a dozen people so far, yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so how did this happen? How did this start? Because we were just talking about the fact that people hire you to go to their funerals, like after they've died, and you'll get up there and disrupt the service and sometimes start confessing things on their behalf, sometimes telling family members off that they never got a chance to do. <laughs> like, how did this start with you? What was your, who was your first client? Yeah, so uh, I guess my first client was a gentleman I was actually uh, working for. He was terminally ill. And uh, we started talking about death and the afterlife and things like that. And he said he'd like to do something for his funeral. And I suggested he do his own eulogy. But he said that his family and friends uh, probably wouldn't play the eulogy at the funeral. It would be too confronting. Oh. So I suggested I crash his funeral for him. And that's how it started. So, so after that one event, after that one time that you did it, how did word get around? Or was it like somebody within the group of people that were there then approached you and said, hey, we have another kind of funeral coming up that we need you to do the same thing? Yeah. Exactly. So a a young girl came up to me and she said, oh, my auntie's um, dying and she really needs to see you. I'm going to arrange a a meeting. And and that's how it happened. It went from one funeral to another to another. And and then all of a sudden uh, I get a call from a gentleman that's in uh, palliative care. He had a fall and he got taken to hospital and got told he'd never be able to go home again. And he asked me if I could uh, go back to his place and remove items he didn't want his sons to find because they were too embarrassing and you know uh, i gotta oh. say it was confronting i mean yeah hey yeah. bill can you tell us what what were those items he didn't want his kids finding oh, oh look it, it was a it's a full sex dungeon oh, okay oh, yeah. wow. yeah. not just a sex dungeon but a full yeah. sex dungeon damn wow. so what'd you do with them yeah so i have to uh film me taking them and incinerating them and then i show my client and he, he's quite happy and he's yeah he's not embarrassed and his sons didn't no. have to find them or anything like that so it's good so how much do you make doing this for people? Uh, look, it's, it's up to $10,000 a funeral. Wow. But I mean, look, they're not going to need it and I never have a complaint. Right, fair enough. <laughs> and so what are some of the things that people have wanted you to say after they've died that they didn't get a chance well, or didn't have the courage or whatever it was? What are some of the things that you've stood up in front of complete strangers who are all mourning and just completely blown them away with? Well, okay, well, let's go to the first funeral, okay? My, my client was lying on his desk deathbed he's knocking on death's door and he's watching from his deathbed his best mate trying to crack onto his wife now his wife isn't taking the advances but this guy just keeps going and going so during that funeral i had to 
get up and interrupt and tell the best man, whilst he's performing the eulogy, to sit down, shut up, and listen to what his mate had to say from the coffin. Oh, God. I let the congregation know exactly what he was doing, and, and he left quick smart. He sort of slide out the back, and uh, a few others were asked to stand up, um, and they were told to f- off as well. They oh. shouldn't have been there. They hadn't been there. They haven't seen my client in 30 years, so... And like you said, it's his funeral, so why not? Okay, so Bill, when you show up to a funeral and you're in this room with all people that you've never met before and you're to to stand up and speak on behalf of the person who had just passed, what is your move? At what point do you then stand up and say, I have something to to say? Or how do you introduce yourself to everybody there? Yeah, basically there's a set time. I I arrange that with my client and it could be when the, uh, the best mate was doing the eulogy, like I say. Another time was when the priest said, let us pray. And I had to tell the priest, no, no one's praying. Sit down, shut up. My client did not want a religious funeral. <laughs> and uh, look, I, I, attend the funeral, I attend the funeral as uh, one of the mourners. I sit with family and friends and I stand up and I say, excuse me, my name is Bill Edgar. I am the coughing confessor and my client has something to say. Now, people must get confrontational when you're out there like spitting stuff about the family or friends, right? Oh, absolutely. You get some, but at the end of the day, everybody wants to know what their loved one left unsaid. And those that are confronting, they sort of get shot down pretty quickly because they seem to be the vultures. They're the ones that were floating around waiting for this person to die, divvying up their assets before they're gone. And oftentimes, these things that you're talking about are family secrets that are sort of open secrets. They're the things that everybody knows, but nobody discusses. So to sort of launch that, you're changing families forever because you're saying the things out loud that they probably all know about or at least have a hunch about, and now they're confronted with it. Now it's going to be part of their family forever, right? Yeah, I, I get it, and yes, you're right, but at the same time, I have no care or concern for those left behind. It's about my client. You're Everything's the best. about my client. <laughs> you're the best. Exactly. You're the best. And this is why I have a contract in place that if I'm pushed out or they ask me to leave or they try to remove me, I will take my client with me. And I have a backup hearse, I have a backup undertaker. Have you ever had to do that, Bill? No, but I dare say I will, and I will take my client with me. Not a problem. Wow. So do, 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 does the check cash before you do this, or is it like in some escrow account that only after you've disrupted the funeral that you can then get paid? Like, how do they know you're going to follow through? Well, truth be told, I mean, I, you don't take money off the dead. I'm not, I don't work for a bank. But at the same time, You've got to look at it this way. I mean, it's a trust thing, but yes, the money goes into a trust account um, and it's not taken, used or whatever until that person dies. Um, and at the same time, they don't need it where they're going and I never have a complaint. No, oh, fair enough. Damn. Man, dude. All right, Bill Edgar, uh, you are the coffin confessor. Thanks very much for joining us on the Roz and Mocha Show today. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Take care. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. You ever had a roommate growing up? Or just like in life, other than your brother? I know you've lived with your brother pretty much your entire life, right? Yeah, I had one roommate who was naked 24 hours a day. Really? Yeah. Dan Moore, you ever had a roommate? I absolutely had a roommate. And he used to have a really, really long phone cord. I thought you were going to say finger. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I thought that. I thought you had like a roommate with one really super long finger. A long phone cord and he would go into the kitchen and close the door and be on the phone. And I always was convinced he was talking about me. So I changed it to a super, super short phone cord so he couldn't go in the (laughs) kitchen. (laughs) Was he ever talking about you? 
No. Oh. <laughs> hey, Oddly enough, the, the phone call stopped. Never. No? Never. Never, Never. had a roommate. That's huh. interesting. Because people shared uh, wild things they caught their friends doing after they moved in with them. Oh. So I had never had a roommate. Ever since I moved out of my parents' place, yeah. I had lived solo until I met my wife. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I had a roommate that gave me crabs. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Save that story for another day. Uh, here are some of the replies. My roommate showers in the dark while sitting on a milk crate. <laughs> <laughs> My roommate could not finish a jar of salsa to save her life. In our fridge at any time, we had seven half open <laughs> jars of salsa. And when I asked why she didn't finish them, she said she didn't want to get her hands dirty by reaching in the jar. <laughs> <laughs> I had I had a roommate who we had uh-huh. we didn't have doors on our rooms we only had like like sheets thumbtacked up it okay. and I had one roommate who decided to do erotic massage uh, out of his no! yeah, out of his room but only his business hours were from nine a.m. to five p.m. so like oh. during the day like when we were home like the, the apartment was bright <laughs> Ew. Oh, that's so yeah, weird I'd, I'd like be having business phone calls and like making coffee yeah and you could like it was wild man <laughs> no joke. Uh, a few years ago, I lived with my friend who I very quickly learned that he liked to pee outside. Like, just stand there on the patio and pee off of it in the middle of the day. My roommate would call her mom every single night and put it on speakerphone. And I would hear her mom ask her in details about her shower. Things like, quote, did you clean behind your ears? Did you wipe your butt real well? Did you shave? (laughs) That's got to be weird, man. Uh, When I moved in with my friend, I thought it would be a snap, but he forgot to mention that he gets night terrors and is very vocal about it. I came rushing into his bedroom with a bat ready to strike, thinking someone broke in. Little did I know it was a dream. I had another roommate that reused his dental floss and he would use on, dental what? he would re he would use a piece of dental floss yeah. and then go to the kitchen sink and wet it, right? Put it under the water and run his finger down the dental floss no! and then lay it on the counter to dry. That's so gross. Yeah. And so Ew! you would have like five giant strands Ew! of dental floss on the counter. Oh, that's so gross. All drying in the kitchen. Uh, I moved in with my best friend a couple of years ago and quickly learned that she refuses to use spoons. <laughs> <laughs> not for her pudding, not for her cereal, and not even for her soup. Uh, another person wrote and said 50% of his diet was noodles. He'd eat butter noodles or plain noodles with some melted American cheese and pepper. Oh, wow. He was grossed out when I tried to show him Alfredo sauce. <laughs> he also wanted to show me something he, quote, invented, which he called butter cheese bread. It was literally a grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> 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 Again, these are like wild things people caught their friends doing after they moved in with them. I have one more for you. My roommate puts brown sugar in her spaghetti, like a gross amount oh, of brown sugar God. in her spaghetti. Oh, God. Here we go. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Um, last night was finally the all-star cast read table read of the 80s classic Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And Dane Cook put this together for Sean Penn's charity called CORE, where they're helping frontline workers. And of course, Sean Penn starred in the original Fast Times at Ridgemont High playing Jeff Spicoli, the huge stoner. And what made all the news with this was one, the cast. So it's 
Dane Cook, Ray Liotta, John Legend, Shia LaBeouf, Matthew McConaughey, Julia Roberts, Sean Penn, Morgan Freeman is the narrator. Jimmy wow. Kimmel fills in all the um, supporting cast roles, and Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt. Wow, reuniting back together. That's a great cast. So here I'll play. So here's a clip from the original. This is um, a clip where this real sleazebag named uh, Mike Damone is explaining to uh, Mark Ratner. Um, his five-point plan for picking up chicks. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, uh, Matthew and, McConaughey. And me, this is from the 80s. From the 80s. So this is Matthew <laughs> McConaughey and Dane Cook. What you need is my special five-point plan. Come on, Damone, I need real help here. What do you mean? Hey, men have died trying to obtain this valuable information. But I'll give it to you for free. Okay, okay, what's your five-point plan? Here's a clip from the table read last night. This is uh, uh, Dane Cook and um, uh, Matthew, uh, Matthew McConaughey. What you need right now is my special five-point plan. Sounds great. As yeah. he talks, Damone passes a country farm shop. He plucks a free sample of cheese and sausage. <laughs> okay, you know, knock it off, Damone, okay? I need real help. No, knock what off? What do you mean? Men have died trying to obtain the information I'm about to give you, and I'm going to give it to you for free. This is good. Okay, Tell me, so what is the five-point plan? First of all, Rat, never let on how much you like a girl. Okay, so... Damone turns to the cardboard cutout of Debbie Harry to demonstrate. <laughs> oh, hi. <laughs> right. So Morgan oh, Freeman's so so doing all the narration, shot. right? Yeah. Okay, so the big one was the fact that Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt were back together virtually for this. Yeah. Um, and there's one scene in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which is sort of this dream sequence, where the character that Brad Pitt is playing is looking through the window at this character named Linda as she gets up out of the pool. Okay. And he's madly in love with her. And he goes into this wild dream sequence while he's in the bathroom. Now, Jennifer Aniston plays that girl. Brad Pitt plays the guy, but the great thing about this is Brad Pitt's character in the movie, his name is Brad. So Jennifer Aniston has to say everything that she says in the script, but only keeps saying Brad. <laughs> and when Brilliant. you look at everybody's face, because everybody's on this giant Zoom call, yeah. they are losing their minds that this is actually happening. Like Julia Roberts is so close to dying yeah. while this scene is going on. It is one of the most spectacular things that I've seen all year. Hi, Brad. <laughs> you know how cute I always thought you were? Oh, no! I think you're so sexy. Will you come to me? Oh, Angle on Brad and daydream. In a nice shirt, his hair combed back and looking great. He walks to Linda. She reaches out and grabs him for a kiss, pulling him close. Then she pushes him away so he can watch as she carefully unstrapped the top of her bathing suit. <laughs> The incredible Linda Barrett's breasts fall loose. Lord have mercy. <laughs> she takes Brad's hands and places them on her as she begins unbuttoning his shirt. They're just about to fall into passionate love-making when we hear... Hey, hey, Brad, you think you... <laughs> the daydream evaporates and we see a real life again with an interior Brad bathroom angle on Linda's face. In the doorway of Brad's bathroom as she watches the sight before her, angle on Brad trying to cover himself and act nonchalant and keep his back turned at the same time. Oh, Brad. The words barely escape his mouth. Wait just a, a minute. 
Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I, I did not know anyone was in here. Linda turns, goes immediately as if she wants to forget what she just saw as quickly as possible. She closes the door behind her. Doesn't anybody f- knock anymore? <laughs> <laughs> that could they... not have played out any more perfect. Man, they promised to deliver with this, and they really did, because it was, if you have not seen this and you are a fan of Brad and Jen and you just like want them to get back together and everything else... Watching Julia Roberts and Matthew McConaughey, like Matthew McConaughey is like leaning into his Zoom camera. <laughs> like he can't even believe what's going yeah. on. And he's like nodding his head like, yes, <laughs> here we go. This is what we've all been Bro, waiting for. I'm telling you right now, spend a couple hours on your weekend this weekend and watch this thing. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Now time to check in with our good buddy, friend of the show, the one, the only, Sean Desmond. Yo, 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 what's going on? Before we get into your project with Radio Club, let's just remind the entire country what Sean Desmond not only means to us, but what you and your music mean to, like, literally everybody. Hits on hits. Hits on hits. You first uh, introduced us to Radio Club. How long ago was that now? That was April. April April. 24th. Okay. And uh, the the goal again with this project was what? Just to remind people. I mean, the goal is it's a collaborative project between myself and my best friend, Tebe, right? And it's about us putting out music that we love, uh, collaborating with artists, uh, getting features on. Because, like, I think we discussed before, Roz, like, I don't want to sing all these songs. Tebe doesn't as well. And that's what the goal is. So, you know, we put out a new record last Friday, which has gotten crazy support so far on playlists across uh, Spotify, Apple Music and stuff, which we're really, really grateful for. Never Gonna Give You Up is sitting at almost 4 million streams out the gate. For a brand new artist is really great. Um, Love Go When It's Gone is the new one. We're really excited. And... We're also planning to put out a new record probably in about a month or so, which will have a feature on it. It'll be our first feature. Um, so we're really, really excited about that, man. So what is it about this project that you think people are gravitating towards and giving you all those millions and millions of streams? I mean, honestly, I think it comes down to the music, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the music's good, people are going to listen. You know what I mean? Um, really and truly. Uh, you know, and this project, you know, the first two singles, this one, uh, Love Love Go When It's Gone and Never Gonna Give You Up, the cover, these are ED, you know, top dance records. The next one that's coming out, we're stepping away from the from the EDM and we're going more pop, R&B. You know, this was always in our minds a popular music project, not an EDM project. So every single is going to lean different, you know, um, which is great because we're not in this box. We do not have to make a certain type of sounding record. Uh, and that's what Radio Club is all about. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. What does it feel like to sort of have the freedom? It feels I was just going to say, I was just going to swear there for a second. <laughs> but it, feels, it feels really great. Um, it feels really great. And now what, you know, what's been happening the last little bit is we're catching the attention of people. Yeah. Uh, uh, the emails and the phone calls are starting to come in like, oh, Radio Club, huh? we like what we're hearing here. This is, you know. Um, 
So, which is really cool. But I mean, you know, it's very important for us to to remain in control of what we are doing. You know, um, especially right now with you know with the way music is and where revenues are coming from mm-hmm. and everything. You know, it's it's easy to get lost in all that. So, uh, Sean Desmond's on the Raza Moga show since the release of these two singles. Now, have you and or Tebe as part of Radio Club? Have you guys like had people, other artists or groups reach out to you now saying, "Hey, we want to work on on some some tracks." We have, which what is really great. So there's a new R and B group. I'm not going to give out the name, but a new R and B group uh, coming out of here that we we spent like four days with um, last month. Uh, the feature that's coming out on the new on the uh, next single, really talented guy from Toronto, man, up and coming artist. Uh, super stoked about it. Um, it's starting to move now, which is really exciting, and w- w- was kind of the goal. You know what I mean? And we're reaching out to people. People are lo- are loving the music, so. You know, couldn't couldn't be more happy about that, which is which is amazing. Sean Desmond, you know we love you on the Raza Moga show. You know the country's know, behind man. you, and uh, you. and Radio Club, the new single. Tell people once again where they can get it and what it's called. I mean, the new single, Radio Club, is called Love Go When It's Gone. Man, New Music Friday, Hot Hits Canada, New Music Now, Cardio, Apple Music, Amazon, Spotify. You can check it out. Um, it's another banger, man. It's really really great. Features myself and Tebe singing it. Um, and just really pumped about it, man. It's it's just the beginning for us. There you go. Sean Desmond, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Love you, bro. Later, man. Love you. Take care. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Just reading this story that Larry King's ex-wife is seeking $33,000 a month in temporary spousal support. Hey, Maury, how long would you have to be married to Larry King? How long would you stay married to Larry King for if I told you that after the divorce you'd get $33,000 a month from him? <laughs> Larry King, old as dirt, too. He's, he looks like Kermit. I, I used to see him in an elevator all the time with this hotel that he used to go to in New York. Because uh-huh. yeah, I think he, I don't even know what it was, but like whenever he was warring with his wife or something like that, he would just always stay at the same hotel. And I would just oh, wow. see and I would see him there all the time. Every time I was there, Larry King was there. <laughs> and like not like in the restaurant, like I'd see him in the elevator. Yeah. Right? Like going up to, going up to floors. Mr. King, should we just keep your account open here and he was always yeah. so cool because he always had like a little tiny leather jacket on uh-huh. right but he's so little like he's so he's wee he's same, like a, he's, a, he's, he's like the a same height as me yeah he's like a knickknack but only he's like slight like uh-huh. he's he's tiny but how long would you have to be married to larry king for more if i told you that at the end of it you were gonna get thirty three thousand dollars a month in uh spousal support like are you asking if i would i'd be married to him for like a few years yeah would you leave Matthew for him? <laughs> for that much money? At the age he is now, not like Larry King in his prime, if there ever was such a thing. For that much money? Yeah. Yes. You would <laughs> <laughs> Damn, bro. Yeah, sometimes I think of these things in my head and then I'm like, I should bring Maury in and get his opinion on this. And then for one second I go, but what if it doesn't go well? Like, what if he says, oh my God, no, I love my husband. I would never do that. And then he never does. He never says that. (laughs) Without hesitation. No. So you would leave Matthew for $33,000 a month. To live in a huge house, to have all that money, someone cook for you. Probably silk oh, sheets. No, but he's. Yo, you don't want to leave that even silk sheets. Bro? Silk sheets and suspenders, right? Yeah, you're going to throw your life away for silk, silk, silk sheets and suspenders, and the possibility of thirty three thousand dollars a month from Larry King. Yo, how many times has Larry King been married? Like a lot. Right? Oh my god! Like which uh, wife is this? Le- this like is his, his most latest one, right? Recent. Yeah, this is Sean. Is it uh, not his eighth? It may be his eighth. Hold on, let me see if I can find this here. God, how much money is he like shelling out every month just on ex-wives? But that's what you do when you, you know, you're Larry King, right? You just keep trying until you get it right. Like you just keep looking for love. Like I got no problem with that. 
Not at all. Next in line is Tim Moore. Right? Apparently. Why not? Apparently. He's, Larry King is going to have to marry enough people that eventually he will get to Maury. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? Maury's like, yes, I'm here for it. <laughs> this is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Hello? Hey, it's Roz and Mocha. Oh, God. <laughs> What's your name? Uh, Gordon. Gordon. Okay, what's your question for the show? <laughs> so I haven't listened in a while. I just want to know if Raj is uh, still cool and smooth. Shut up, man. <laughs> <laughs> the text that Gordon sent reads, is Raj still a smooth, cool dude? <laughs> <laughs> the answer is yes. I thought so. It's not hard to lose that. Obviously. Um, no, right? I, I was wondering when this was going to come back to life because th- this was a monster that sort of went to bed while everybody was working from home and people were listening differently and they were in their cars. There was a lot of people who normally listen to the show that just weren't listening to the show. And you can really feel now in the last couple weeks then life's getting back to normal. Kids are starting to go to school. Parents are in the car. I'm getting a lot of smooth, cool dude chatter <laughs> in my life that wasn't there in June. Has anything on the show ever taken off as much as someone calling you a smooth, cool dude, and that name sticking? No. So what happened? Nothing, if, right? if you're new to, to to this show, what happened was is Mocha has for years. Anytime somebody calls in, he says between Ron's and Mocha, who's your favorite? And I always dread when somebody says me because most times the reasons that I'm their favorite are either stuff I don't agree with, stuff that make me look bad, or stuff that are just straight up embarrassing. And Mocha, one time, this woman called up and she was a huge fan of mine, like massive fan. And Mocha was like, "Why is Roz your favorite?" And then she just straight upset because he's a smooth, cool dude. And I looked over at Mocha immediately and I knew that this was going to be a turning point, not only just for the show, but for my life. And it has been something that I haven't been able to escape in never. over, like, I don't even know, years now. When did this happen? I don't like even know. two years ago now? I don't even, I don't know. even know. But uh, but yeah, so am I still a smooth, cool dude? Obviously, man. Come on. <laughs> hey, Gordon, between Roz and Mocha, who's your favorite? Oh, I gotta go with the cool, smooth, cool dude. Shut up, dude. Okay. Stop it. Come on. Did you honestly think that he was gonna say anything why other ask, than that? No, why ask? It's your fault. I blame you. I don't blame Gord. Much love, brother. Thank you so much for listening. Take care, guys. You guys are awesome. Ross and Mocha's Fix My Life. What advice can you guys give me? Okay, so my question is... My question is... Got a problem you can't fix. Roz and Mocha got you. It's hey, Stacey. Welcome to the Roz and Mocha Show. Hi, thank you. How you doing today? Good. How are you guys? We're doing great. Uh, Stacey, you wrote us this. Roz and Mocha Fix My Life. My fiancé and I constantly fight about housework. Uh-oh. Uh, I try to stay on top of things, but between working two jobs, studying for my master's degree, and being a mom to our toddler son, it's hard to keep up. I feel like no matter how much I do around the house. It's never enough for him, and the arguments are inevitable. Personally, I feel as though I do most of the housework, and I'd appreciate it if he helped me out more, but he seems to think that it's the other way around. Having the same fight repeatedly is exhausting. What can I do to get him to recognize all the work I actually do and get him to pitch in more? Mm. Have you brought this up with him? You obviously have because you said that you guys fight, right? Yes, all the time. So what's his answer to the fact that you feel that you're doing more? I'll I'll say that I'm doing all these things and he'll rhyme off maybe the few things that he has done. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I mean, for example, so say I come home, I'll pick up our son from daycare, I make dinner, I do the dishes, I take out the garbage, whatever else needs to be done. He'll come home from work and first thing he'll say is, something like you seriously couldn't fold the laundry. Mm. Oh, then, let me ask you a question. 
What was his okay. house? What was his house like growing up? Did his mom do all this? Yeah, yeah. His his mom keeps a pretty clean house. Yeah, yeah. but she did like everything in the house, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where that's where he's getting that from. Part of the conversation is that you have to make sure that you articulate to him that you are not his mother and you are not there to mother him. You're there to be a partner, but you're not going to mother him. And he can't talk to you that way. That that's that's one of it. When it comes to housework and the, the general sort of things that keep a home going, there's two different categories. There's the things that need to be done, and then there's the things you can't forget. And it's usually the things you can't forget that go uncelebrated because it's just worked into your life, meaning this, okay? Yes, the dishes need to get done and the laundry needs to be folded, okay? But who is making sure that lunches get packed on time? Who is making sure that you make the dentist appointments? Mm -hmm. Who is making sure that uh, things make it onto the grocery list before you guys head out to the store? Who's making sure all the things that can't be forgotten are not forgotten? That's a huge part of running a house. And, And I think that that also needs to be divided up because that's where a lot of the stress comes from. Uh, I'll say that when it comes to housework, a good place to start is to assign the chores, regardless of what they are, assign the chores to the person who is best at them mm-hmm. or the person who enjoys them the most, right? Like Catherine loves a sparkling clean rug. She vacuums the rug every day. I'm uh-huh. not going to vacuum the rug every day yeah, because I'm fine if it, you know, there's footprints on it. There's everything else on it. A little bit of cat hair, never hurt anybody. I'm fine with that. Uh, Catherine absolutely will do anything in her power to not clean the kitchen sink. Catherine, <laughs> Catherine will scrub the entire kitchen, okay? Yeah. She will scrub the entire kitchen. It will look beautiful. There will still be rice and hair in the sink, right? (laughs) She finds it disgusting to clean the kitchen sink. I've never once asked her to clean the kitchen sink, or I've never once said, well, you do everything else. Why don't you do the sink? She hates it. So when she's done, I go in and I sparkle up the kitchen sink, right? Because I know she hates it. So that's the first thing we do is you you do the things that you're good at or that you, that you enjoy doing the most. There are things that I love doing in the house. I have, I, I can spend an hour in the bathroom cleaning it. I love really? cleaning a bathroom. Oh, I love I scrubbing it. a toilet. I love doing I don't a mind sink. It. I, I do love it doing all that it's stuff. Get done. Yeah, and I'm better at it. Yeah, right. I'm better at it. There's things that she's way better at. So I think that you have to sort of take it at that. And then the one thing that you cannot do is you can't start doing things. Sorry, you can't start not doing things at a spite. Meaning, if the bathroom is disgusting, you can't dig your heels in and say I'm not cleaning it because I want to see how long it's going to take him to do it. Yeah, I do that. It'll it'll You're, never yeah, get done, yeah, and it doesn't get done. No, and that's and how then, you fight. And then you end up doing it, Stacy, and. Resentment you end up being pissed off while you're, you know, scrubbing the toilet or scrubbing the bathroom, right? The the bathtub. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have weekly meetings to discuss all this stuff, you and your fiance? No, I think you should. Yeah. Yeah, I think you should. I think there's not there's nothing wrong with a weekly meeting. There's nothing wrong with a catch up between you and your partner to sort of go to to go over things. Now, Stacy, does he does your fiance feel like he does enough in the house to help run the house? Or keep it clean? I think the way he sees it, like, he'll do things, like, he'll cut the grass, or, like, this weekend, he cleaned out the garage. Mm-hmm. So he'll do sort of those more, I guess, like, masculine tasks. Sure. So, I don't know, I feel like that's how he seems to think he redeems himself. Yeah. But it's all, like, the in- indoor kind of upkeep of the house that you need help with. Yes. Right. But the house isn't going to fall apart if the, if, the, if the garage doesn't get cleaned out. You yeah. know what I mean? I feel like you the need- garage thing was more of, a, of a, a him thing as opposed to it benefiting the household. Yeah. Like so- I think he just 
wanted to do it. Of course he did because he's busy work, right? Um, I, I, you need to you need to sit down and have a meeting with him, have a family meeting with him, and you need to analyze the list of things that need to be done, both the things that physically need to be done and also the things that cannot be forgotten because don't forget those, okay? You need to sit down and you need to write every single thing down yeah. that needs to be done to keep the house going. Uh, and then you're going to realize when you start prioritizing things of where if this isn't done, how close are we to absolute disaster? Cleaning out the garage is going to be very low on the list. So before you get to that, you guys need to get motivated by um, success. And that is you need to start knocking things off that list. And then once you start knocking things off the list, it is very easy to become motivated. And I will say the other, this thing too, and a lot of couples will go through this. And I know money's tight and people are working two jobs, everything else. But every two weeks, you could probably get somebody to come to your house one time for 75 bucks. And just take care of the things that are difficult to take care of, mm-hmm. right? If you guys split yeah. every two weeks to get somebody to come in and just do the floors or clean above mm-hmm. the fridge or clean out the oven, all those like sort of little things that you that get stacked, it's worth it. How's that sound? That's helpful. And we'll start yeah. having some family meetings. Yeah, all family right. meetings. I'm telling you, and I know that's and a, it's a ridiculous- And non-aggressive family meetings, yeah. Stacey, because you sound like the yeah. type of person, we've only been talking to you for a few minutes, but- don't fly off the handle. <laughs> I'll try. Yeah. yeah. See, I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> I like you, Stacy. Yeah. <laughs> you seem petty as hell. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I had my moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but you're not. Uh, you're not there to mother him. Exactly. All right. Have that All meeting, right, Stacy. Thank you so much. All right. Bro. You take Bye. care. <laughs> Roz and Mocha's fix my life on Kiss. I've been reading everything I can on social and phone addiction and everything after I watched that Netflix documentary, The Social Dilemma. But your phone is the actual thing that so many people say that they can't live without. So they asked a thousand people, they did a survey on what you would be willing to give up for one month to Mm. not have your phone. Oh, gosh. Okay. Okay. So, Mocha, can I hear your, um, your, your ding? Okay, more of yours. Okay, so oh, wow. Okay, trains here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to ask you guys the questions that they asked people, and all you have to do is ding in if it applies to you. Okay, okay. question. Can yeah. I have a question? Yeah. So these are the things that to have your phone, you do not do those things. These are the things that you're willing to give up in right. order to keep your phone. I just want to make sure okay. I understand. That's okay. <laughs> uh, alcohol. Both of you, you yeah. give up alcohol for a month I could, to not yeah. lose your phone. Yeah, yeah. I could. Really? Yeah. Easy. What? Easy? Easy. I mean... So I don't have a cup of wine once a month. Okay. Uh, Netflix. Oh, like all Mo- of Netflix? All of Netflix. Maury's already buzzed in, not willing to give up his phone for Netflix. Mm, it's a month. Give up Netflix. It's a month. Okay. Okay. Coffee. Maury, I Maury can't in there with coffee. coffee. But Maury's not a coffee drinker. No, Maury's living lean so far this month. Uh, would you give up social media in order to keep your phone? Wait, yes, but I could. You could. I absolutely could. Maury. I went the entire summer, pretty much all of summer, yep. with no, I got off Twitter for a while. Okay, so Mocha says, yes, I could do you it. could easily give up social so, media for one yeah. month. Then yep. What am I using my phone for? Calls? <laughs> Emails, calls, yeah, internet? No. Yeah, no, I, can give up, no. I can give up That's uh, the social. only reason I have my phone. Okay, uh, sex. Maury. <laughs> <laughs> Maury's like started a long time ago. <laughs> Maury. 
What, you want to ding it again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, your answer means you can't ding it again. Yes. Uh, so, Maury, you... <laughs> did you hear that? Yes, I did, Maury. I did. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, 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 uh, Maury, you, you would be willing to give up sex for one full month uh, in order to keep your phone. Yeah, because, yes. well, I mean, that's what you look at after. Excuse me? When you're lying there, you got to, you know... You shouldn't be thinking about your phone when you're in the bed with your husband, man. That's weird. Uh, would you be willing to give up your pets for a month? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Maury. He doesn't like me anyway. Okay. Now, wow. here's the big one. Here's the big one. Oh, okay. okay. Here's right. the big one. Would you, they asked a thousand people this question. And by the way, 42% of people said that they would. 42% of people who answered this question said that they would. Hit me. If in order to keep your phone for one month, yes. would you be willing to give up your significant other for that month? Oh my God, Maury. <laughs> <laughs> was, that, was that too quick? Yeah. Now, hold on. We got a little bit of time left here. They went on. They went on oh, and, they, yeah. and, they, and they asked people. So things you would give up forever. Wow. Okay. Things that you would give up forever rather then give up your phone. Things that you would give up forever. Half of the people said that they would give up exercise forever. Oh. <laughs> okay. 57% of people said that they would give up Amazon forever. Oh. Oh, no. I'm still paying for that Prime account. No, thanks. <laughs> Wait. I can't. No, there's phone? no way. Absolutely not. More, don't ding in. Well, the only thing I buy in there are shoes, pants, and poo bags. Okay. Uh, and 39% of people said that they would never go on vacation again in order to keep their no, smartphone. I can't oh, do that's that. a tough one because you need your phone to post the pictures. This is the only one that I agree with on this entire list. It's the <laughs> you know, only one. You hate vacation anyway. That's why I agree <laughs> with it. Here we go. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Big anniversary today, boys. What is it? Raptor fans everywhere from coast to coast are celebrating today. It's the anniversary and it was on this day two years ago after the Toronto Raptors traded DeMar DeRozan to San Antonio for Kawhi Leonard. Oh, okay. That there was the big press conference where reporters were asking Kawhi all sorts of questions <laughs> being introduced to him. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Come on. And what would you like people to know about you? Uh, I'm a fun guy. Uh, obviously, I love the game of basketball. Um, I mean, it's just more questions you have to ask me um, in order for me to tell you about myself. I just can't give you a whole spiel. I don't even know where you're sitting at. <laughs> Fun guy and the laugh in the same answer. Like two, two iconic, iconic moments in one answer. And, uh, and he helped us win a championship. Yeah, blah, 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 all that other stuff. But because of that, because of that, we were able to get some of the greatest remixes ever when they took Kawhi's laugh and turned it into the uh, NBA on NBC team, uh, theme song. I don't even know where you're sitting at. Like. <laughs> That's ridiculous. The poor man. 
<laughs> How fun are you, Kawhi? That's the question. Are you that fun? <laughs> what, about, what about when they took the, Kawhi's laugh and turned it into the Canadian National Anthem, oh, Canada? <laughs> So mean. How about Kawhi at Christmas time? Oh. For me to tell you about myself, I just can't give you a whole spiel. <laughs> I don't even know where you're sitting at. Like. <laughs> God. Poor dude. I got one more. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're the worst. What? It's an anniversary. You are the worst. Fun guy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Fred Van Vliet from the Toronto Raptors is a free agent. And everybody, as a Raptor fan, is a fan of Fred Van Vliet. Love him, yep. And according to The Athletic, there are teams who are already waiting to snatch him up if the Raptors don't keep him. Oof. The New York Knicks want to offer him $22 million per season. Detroit Oof. Pistons are also interested. And the Phoenix Suns are also interested. Oof. And if you remember last year when Kawhi Leonard was contemplating whether or not, sorry, not contemplating, he yes. already made up his yes. mind. Yes. But to the rest of us, we thought he was contemplating. There were restaurants in and around Toronto that were trying to sweeten the deal yeah. to ask Kawhi Leonard to stay. And they're like, listen, if you stay in this city and if you play for Toronto, then... You can eat at our establishment for free. And they called it Kawain and Dine. Right, yes. So there's a restaurant <laughs> in Toronto that's doing the same thing for Fed, Fred Van Vliet. Called the... It's P-A-I. Pi? Yeah. I think is how you say it. And they're calling it Van Vliet and Eat. Oh, here we go. Freddy eats here for free. I love it. So I love it. <laughs> just to sweeten the deal. Just a little bit more to keep Freddy in town. Yeah, man. You got to do it, right? God, he'd be a big piece to lose, huh? I know. I know. It's true. It's tough. So doing what we can to keep Fred Van Vliet yeah. on this side Van, of the border. Van, Viet, Van Vliet and eat all over the place. Right? And yeah. I, won't be, I wouldn't be surprised if other restaurants, establishments in the city follow suit. And I will say this, that I will do now what I propose doing during Kawina Dine, yeah. which is I know I may not be established and I don't have a rating. I'm not on Yelp, but I will open up my own home to Fred Van Vliet oh, for Van Vliet and Eat, wow. where he could just knock on my door anytime. I will give the man a meal. 
And you make great meals. And I, I make great meals. I have Netflix. I don't know if he has Netflix, <laughs> but I have Netflix. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And Disney Plus? Uh, he does not have to go up or down a flight of stairs to use the bathroom. Oh, perfect. So things are easy, yeah. right? Main floor bathroom. Uh-huh. I like that. Uh, what else do I have? Uh, we got a new cushion on the couch that's real soft. I won't Ooh. use it until he comes over. Perfect. Ceilings? What's that? High ceilings? Yeah, I, I th I'm taller than Fred Van Vliet. He doesn't need to worry about the ceilings, Maury. <laughs> you got a Nintendo Switch? Uh, I do have Nintendo Switch. Right? Yeah, it's not really mine. It's Roxy's, so he would have to ask her. <laughs> which might be... Which might be... It might be awkward. <laughs> do what we can to keep Frederico with the Raptors. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Good morning, Dan Mori. Okay, so has anybody ever done this where you go and you get your, your I guess, winter coat and then find cash in the pockets? Where, you oh. go and get, where was your winter coat? It was in the closet. I made 10 bucks. Downside is there's no stores taking cash. Yeah, can you not use cash anywhere? No. I think, I think like variety stores, you can still use cash. They yeah. have to because there's people that just don't have cards. Yeah, maybe. I just, everywhere I've gone, it says card only. Really, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I had I've had the same 10 bucks in my wallet now for... Six uh, months, probably. I don't even know. Yeah, forever. I can't get rid of it. I'll take it. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> what are you going to do with it? <laughs> Add it to the 10 I found my winter coat. Make 20 bucks. I'm trying to think the last time... I'm trying to think of when I use cash. Yeah. Like, do they take it at, like, a Tim Hortons drive-thru and stuff? Or no, it's card no, it's only. card only. Card only, huh? I haven't been to my Tim Hortons, the one that I usually go to yeah. every single morning. I like how we're all just now starting to think that money's filthy. Money's always been filthy. Oh, yeah. Right? Dirty. You don't know where, Dirty. where it's been? No. Like and yet prior we, we to you play holding with it? it? We put it in big giant stacks and hold it up to the side of our faces like Plus, we're on the phone. Plus, yeah. if we yeah. found it on the ground, we would pick it up and put it in our pocket. Yeah. Well... Depends. <laughs> <laughs> you let children touch it. Here, yeah. go buy this. Yeah, right? totally. Money's disgusting. Money's disgusting. I'm trying to think. I don't know the last time I actually used cash. It's always... Oof, I don't even know. Credit, debit. Yeah. So what happens to all Bonds. the money that's in circulation? <laughs> no, there was an issue Why do you think that? strip club's still open? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Maury laughing like he knows. <laughs> Need to get rid of that cash? Right? <laughs> no, don't they sell you tokens at those places? That's tokens? What I was Where do you like you're a Chuck E. Cheese? <laughs> no, yeah. Like, isn't that what they do? Well, I'm not playing skee-ball. Don't you buy... Don't you buy... Uh, don't you what, buy you tokens? tokens at the I don't know, man. I don't know. I just... So, cash, is, cash is just so filthy. So what happened when you found that 10 bucks? Did you, like, scream? out loud? Did you tell Matthew or are you yeah, hiding that from him Yeah, and he said too? that I owed no. him money and took it from me. You know, the funny thing is, is that you, are, you look at this as if you found $10 and it doesn't ever occur to you of the fact that you also lost $10. When did I lose it? When you left it in the coat for the winter. Oh, well, it was a wise investment. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. The average worker, they say, experiences career burnout at what age, Mocha? The oh. average worker experiences career burnout at what age? Keep in mind, retirement. What time? When's retirement? Like, is retirement 65. still 65, 66, 67, something like that? Burnout? When like do you, 57. 57. They yeah. say the average worker is now experiencing burnout by the age 32. What? A new survey. No. Softies. Softies. Come on. 32? Everybody's so soft. Um, 
A new survey of 2,000 working adults finds that the average worker is most likely to experience career burnout at the age of 32. A full third of respondents admit they admit that they felt like they just can't go on due to either stress or exhaustion at some point during their careers. So why are so many workers permanently burned out? Uh, 52% say that they do too much, while 58% believe that their typical working hours are too long. Other popular mm. responses uh, to that question include not taking enough days off and feeling like one must always be, quote, on while at work. Nearly two in five workers, 37%, feel like there's pressure to constantly put in extra working hours. So 32. Don't tell that to like grandmas or grandpas because no. then they'll start schooling you on stories of right. how they work for like 90 Thank years, you. bare Why hands, no shoes. Why you pointing at me, Maury? I was just about to start lecturing people. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. So one of the big questions with films is... Why some terrible movies get sequels and why others that are great movies don't get sequels yeah. that you think that they could actually like really capitalize on. Yeah. And one of those movies that has just been a standalone forever, and I'm actually glad that they never made a sequel, was Elf. Oh, I love that movie. Right? They were going to make a sequel? It's the perfect movie, right? Like Elf is the perfect yeah. movie. I don't see that as warranting a sequel. But the question is, why didn't they do a sequel? How do you not do a sequel to Elf? It's just a monster of a, of a hit. Right? It's a, and it's like a, a Christmas hit, a Christmas movie. classic now. It's a classic. Like, all of those things, yeah. you know, just sort of begs the question, of why was there never a sequel to Elf? And so James Caan was doing an interview who played Buddy's biological father yeah. in the movie. Um, I'm here. I'm with my dad. <laughs> <laughs> and they asked James Caan about why there was never a sequel to Elf. And he said this, we were going to do it, but John Favreau and Will Ferrell didn't get along very well. Oh, really? Yeah, and apparently Will wanted to do it, yeah. but he wanted to do it without John Favreau, but because oh. of John's contract, they weren't allowed to do it without John. So I guess that he had any sort of sequel in the deal that he would get to direct the sequel. What else would John Favreau... Oh, I guess, would he be, oh no, Elf is, I'm trying to think of the timeline of Elf and like when all the Marvel madness kind of started. Elf was before Iron Man. I wonder if it was, was Iron Man in de developmental stage then? Yeah, who knows? But Maybe, no, but it would have no? been, no, it would have been his deal with this specific oh, movie. Oh, right, 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 right. It would have right, been the deal right, with right. this specific movie. Like if you pick it up for a sequel, I get to direct it. But if you think about how Elf ends, I'm trying to figure out what the storyline could possibly oh, have been. Dude, Maury, how, on, did they do, how did they do a sequel to Home Alone? Yeah. Like you're going to forget the kid again? <laughs> <laughs> but they did that. <laughs> you know? Like yeah. at some point, comedy becomes irresponsibility, right? Like, like, totally. and, they, and they did Home Alone too, and it was funny. Yeah, you know, like you can you can always find a way to do you can always find a way to do a sequel. But that was the deal: is that John Favreau and Will Ferrell didn't get along, huh. according to James Caan. Can I always say it's almost better that there was no sequel because this movie is just so. I good agree on with you. Own. No, no, I agree. Bro, I would. I. I'm. Ross said the exact same thing <laughs> at the opening of this conversation. Listen. You listen. never listen, eh? No, but I wanted to just make that comment. No, he doesn't listen. <laughs> At all. Like, as soon as we started, like, one of the first things he said was what you just said. Yeah, irresponsibility of comedy. Yeah, can I just say? <laughs> this is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Yo, The Rock is really that guy, Bro, huh? Wow, you gotta be he's, kidding me. He's like, 
I got to go to work. Yeah. The power is out. My front gate is locked. Yeah. I'm about to lay the smacketh down and check that gate into the SmackDown Hotel. Yeah. So, and when we say gate, right, it's like, it's this giant motorized, like, driveway gate. It's not like a fence gate. Yeah. Right? It's like the gate to his house, like his his What you see in the movies. Yes. Like the gate to a mansion. So, yeah, the power went out, and The Rock ripped it off with his bare hands. (laughs) Like, the bracket and everything, which is screwed into brick. That's why he's the people's (laughs) champ. (laughs) So, David Mori decided to call across the country to find out from you uh, what's the most incredible thing you've done with your bare hands. Oh, jeez. Right? Because then you start thinking... The the potential to be extremely underwhelming (laughs) when we're starting to compare ourselves to... Because you're thinking if the rock could destroy an iron gate (laughs) with his two hands... Yeah. What's the rest of us jabronis doing these days? Good point. Hello? Yes, yes. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's Maury from the Roz and Mocha Show. I've got to ask you this. What is something incredible you've done with your bare hands? Huh. Well, that's a good question. Uh, I did. I did. We probably can't tell my husband this, but I did retrieve um, my engagement ring from the drain when I was washing my face and accidentally dropped it down there. I think that falls more under clumsy. Uh, no, no, no. That's definitely not clumsy. Like, that totally happens, especially if you, like, wash your face and put your ring beside the drain. Like, this is very common from what I understand. But I did, like, manage to get my hands down the drain, fish it out, and, like, never had to tell my husband that story. Hello? What is something incredible you've done with your bare hands? Um, I had to set up my parents' new phone, so that was uh, <laughs> yeah, that was something no. impressive. Is that impressive, or is that just being a good son? <laughs> I mean, I'm good. If they're listening, then we'll go with good son. What is something incredible you've done with your bare hands? I saved a, a little boy from drowning. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, like, did you do the, the pushing on the chest, the uh, RPC no. or whatever? No, 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 no. He, CPR, he, man. He just gone through the water. Um, I, cause it was just a little lake in our town. And so I ran across and obviously, you know, you lay on your belly and then I just pulled him up and I dragged him and we shimmied backwards and then I took him home. That's wow. unbelievable. I applaud you. I mean, it's one ha- one person clapping, but that's pretty good. <laughs> hey, you did something incredible with your hands. You clapped for me. <laughs> Hello? Hi, how are you? Uh, okay, how are you? I'm good. It's uh, Dammit Maury from the Razamoka Show, randomly phoning people, and I stumbled onto you, lucky me. Quick question for you. What is something incredible you've done with your hands? I guess it's my boyfriend were here, he would probably want me to describe things I've done with my hands that are pretty incredible. Whoa. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've got my hands really, really deep uh, inside of his laundry basket. I wish you could see me now. I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hi, how are you? 
Not too bad. What is something incredible you've done with your hands? Ah, uh, so many things. I draw. I'm a, I'm a tailor. I cut clothes. I sew. Oh, your hands I'm, are busier than you. I'm a musician. I really? play bass. So what do you draw? I'm from the Caribbean. I draw a lot of trees on my wall with coconuts and banana trees. Yeah. And people. Now, when I say to you that Dwayne The Rock Johnson... When his power was out in his house, he ripped out his his front gate with his bare hands. When you compare that to the things you do, do you think the things you've done are pretty incredible? I would say it's incredible. Maybe not like Dwayne, because I do a lot of fancy stuff. I decorate my place with all drawings that I did. Yeah. So I did a lot of stuff with my hands, but maybe not like The Rock. What does your wife think of your special hands? Oh, my goodness. Um, everybody tell, told her that she's blessed to find a man. <laughs> with <laughs> like those me. hands. I did everything, man. Yes, yes. Uh, Hello. Hey, how are you? I'm uh, doing good. How are you? I'm good. This is Maury from the Rosin Mocha Show. Got to ask you, what is something incredible you've done with your hands? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um... Well, you're just catching me at work here. I'm actually I'm a firefighter, so if I get a calling at the jet, okay. Uh, I mean, I put my hands to use here at work. I would say every every shift, whether it be helping people or putting out a fire. Um, that's pretty know, incredible. Helping. I'm not going to argue. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. Well, what about you? <laughs> well, no, no. Back to you. Are you in the calendar? Uh, <laughs> yes, I have been. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. What up? I'm gonna hang down. I can't get him. She had like it's tweezers to no, it's no because if I if I tweeze it, 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 yeah, I need clippers. If I tweeze it, I'm just gonna wind up pulling it, and then it's gonna go all the way down my my my, my finger. Okay, enough. It's not like a nail. It's like the skin on the side, right beside Whoa. your nail. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know when cool. you pull it, and yeah. then it just Whoa. it just keeps pulling. Yeah. Like you can't, I know. you can't get, I get it, it, but I, I've been catching it on everything all day. Is Whoa. it a hangnail or is that the cuticle? Uh, no, it's not the cuticle. The cuticle's down here on the bottom of the nail. What's the area like beside the nail? You know, like on the... Oh, the connector part. No, that's not right, Maureen. Yes. You're really not helping anything. Medically, right it's called the nail connector. No, it's the skin on the side of my nail. Like, it's not an actual part of my nail. It's yeah. just the skin on the side that, just, oh, that, that flips up. And you don't have clippers to like to... Who wrong? travels? What am I? You travel Bro, with makeup. You have a full makeup bag. My Beyonce? I travel with nail clippers. No. I Meanwhile, how much it? foundation you got in that bag of yours? I don't. I, Catherine made me clean it out because a bottle of orange juice broke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ah, so now you need new Maybelline. <laughs> so now I, have, now I have a bag of all my stuff inside my bag. So she, she, um, <laughs> so, Okay. We'll get back to my hangnail in a second. <laughs> this yeah, is, let's talk about the makeup. Okay, this this goes to my my sort of like my my state of mind with things, and this has nothing to do with COVID. This was going on way before COVID. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the admission. Okay, uh, so I, I a bottle of orange juice exploded in my bag. Yeah, right. Who knew the orange juice could explode? Well, I mean, under pressure. Yeah, it exploded uh -huh. in my bag. Uh, and then so everything in my bag got soaked. And so everything had to come out of my bag. And I threw out all the garbage that was garbage. And then I took everything that I still needed in my bag. And then I put it inside another bag so I wouldn't lose anything. Sure. And then that bag sat on the kitchen counter. And then Catherine put my backpack in the wash. Yeah. And then it came out of the wash. 
And I just thought that this was way too convenient. So instead of taking everything out of that bag where all my stuff was and putting it back into my backpack where it goes, I just put the whole bag inside my oh, backpack. Oh, it's like a plastic bag. Yeah, so now I have a bag of all my stuff. But that bag that has all your stuff. my bag. Does it still have like remnants of orange juice? Quite a bit clean? of it does, but oh. I did my best. <laughs> you didn't clean up the thing? No, no. You know what's interesting <laughs> is that I was... I smell uh, oranges the other day, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, why am I smelling oranges? I don't really eat oranges. I don't really even in my hands. And then I smelled my armpit, and it was because um, I didn't clean my deodorant. I cleaned the outside of my deodorant, but I guess some orange juice got inside under the lid, and I was I'm now using a beautiful mixture of vanilla and orange uh-huh. as my as my deodorant. Anyway, I don't know what to do about this hangnail because I don't have clippers and I'm terrified that if I bite it, it's going to go down and just rip all the way to my hand. Ah, gross. Right? You should rub it in orange. (laughs) This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Let's take a moment real quick. Real quick, real quick, real quick. Mm. We're officially three months away from Christmas Eve. Yeah, it's true, huh? Uh, the Santa Claus Parade here in Toronto has moved to online due to COVID-19 restrictions. It's kind of a bummer. I know. I know. But we can't talk about this story without being bummed out. No, nah, it's a huge bummer. Because really everybody's is. bummed out. I know, but how do you do it, right? How do you get a million people to sit on the street in the freezing cold with runny noses and coughing and everybody else? You can't do it. It's, it's impossible. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Uh, but what does Santa think about all this? How does Santa feel about the parade going virtual this year? Dan Mori was able to get Santa on the phone. Ho, ho, ho! Well, well, well. Oh, do you have coal display, Santa? Yes, but of course, Santa has to have some modern conveniences, especially when someone connected with Rosin Mocha decides to phone me, you know. Oh, <laughs> hey, sad news yesterday about the parade. And oh. I had to give you a call just to see how you're doing and what your thoughts are with uh, this news. I am so glad you did call, you know, because Toronto has never been without the Santa Claus parade. You know that. And this is the first time since the very first parade, which, by the way, was just myself. Uh, It's unfortunate because of this COVID thing that's happening. But you know what? I will still be visiting. I will still be seeing children while they're asleep. And they won't see me because they will be asleep. So when Santa's going around uh, this Christmas, uh, are you going to be using any sanitary wipes when you're, you know, I guess, touching anything in people's homes? Oh, yes. And also now I have rearranged a special belt where I have sanitizer on the belt. And I can go, um, I'll use the sound. What do you want to say to the kids? They said there's going to be a virtual parade. Is there anything you want to say to the kids when they heard this news and are quite upset? Ah, uh, just close your eyes, and if you were at the parade last year or watched it on television, and picture parts of the parade that you liked. You know, I got to say, as crappy as 2020 has been, it is so refreshing to hear Santa's voice. 
Oh, you're so kind. You're so kind. And it's so nice that you called. And I'm glad you were thinking of me. Awesome. Santa, we'll check in with you again very Aww. soon. A very special early check-in with you. Thank you for, for oh. answering the phone up at the North Pole. Well, I thank you for calling. And I'm glad you did. And by all means, we will keep in touch uh, because I would like to be in touch with you uh, just before. And as soon as I hear of how the uh, technical elves are doing things, you know what? I will call you. Aww. Aww. Love you, Santa. Love you so much, man. So there you have it. uh, Straight from Santa's mouth. We use our imaginations, and that's what gets us through a lot of things, man. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Uh, Protests still happening in New York City, L.A., Denver, Oakland, Washington, D.C., of course, Louisville, Kentucky, and a bunch of other cities right across the U.S. Uh, Two officers were shot last night in Louisville in the protests. Uh, neither of them have life-threatening... Should I come in here for a second? Neither of them have life-threatening conditions. Um, but uh, this was, of course, after yesterday's announcement that there would be no sort of manslaughter, murder, anything else charges about, um, against the police officers in the Breonna Taylor case, although uh, the officer that had already been fired, Brett Hankinson, um, was charged with three counts of wanton endangerment in the first degree. This is because he was just outside the building spraying bullets through the walls into the neighbor's apartments. So that's where that charge stems from. It does not stem from uh, any of the shots that killed Brianna Taylor. Uh, Shem, I know that you've been following this. What was your take on yesterday? Uh, look, yesterday was very disappointing, I have to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, it just feels, it feels very hollow that that nobody is going to be held accountable for this girl dying, mm-hmm. right? And uh, the only officer that gets charged is the one whose bullet missed, right? Which is which right. is which is really sad. Yeah. I mean, it's, he was it's, just it's, randomly shooting yeah. on the outside of the building, right? And, and that's why this took so long because I know that there was this great sort of sense of. Uh, I don't even know what the word is, why everything was just taking so long. It's the one thing that people can't understand because you, you see something, you, you read the details, you see the story, and you're like, we'll just do something now. But they were doing ballistics um, work on the bullets to find out which bullet was the one that led to her death, from which gun it came from, from which cop who pulled the trigger. Because if it had have been from the cop who was outside just spraying bullets through the walls, then I'm sure we would have seen some sort of murder charge for that yeah. because he was charged with the other things. But the bullet came from the cop who was returning fire after beyond Brianna Taylor's um, then boyfriend fired when they came bursting through the door because he didn't know who they were. And none of them had, um, had body cams on, right? No, no, they didn't have body cams. No, um, but uh, but to me, this seems like this the, the handling of this, especially with the, the the civil payout. It seems like to me that she was treated as an innocent bystander who could have even been on a street while police were in a shootout with somebody else, and then she wound up being killed in crossfire. That yeah. seems to me how this was handled legally. Where normally in those situations there would be some sort of you know monetary settlement towards the family, but the officers involved wouldn't be facing charges because it was in the middle of a shoot. That's what it seems like to me how this was handled. I think it is because the cops got into the apartment and allegedly it was the boyfriend, Brianna Taylor's boyfriend, Mm -hmm. not the one that the cops were looking for. No, new boyfriend. New boyfriend uh, is the one that fired shots Mm -hmm. and then the police retaliated. So I think looking exactly what you just said, Roz, Mm -hmm. I think that they are looking at this as a 
innocent bystander situation. Yeah, but which, the, that, that's what makes it tough because, yeah. you know, there's a lot of people, I think myself included, honestly, who are like, well, if you're going to pay the family out $12 million settlement, mm-hmm. how can there be no legal um, ramifications for this girl dying? Like, right. I mean, she's dead, yeah. you know? And, and I think... And I think what's also sort of interesting, and I think it's important to sort of you know discuss facts, and because there's a lot of like real false news out there, and news mm-hmm. that just doesn't make any sense. Um, the ex-boyfriend that they're looking for is the one who allegedly has you know these drug charges and and this drug this past drug history, mm-hmm. right? And 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 a lot of people think that you know that she was caught up in it, whatever the case may be. You know, she was sleeping. Mm-hmm. I mean, my God, you know, she was sleeping, and and for her to die, and for there not to be any ramifications is just really it's it's disappointing and it makes you feel as a person of color it makes me feel uh a little helpless a little a little hopeless mm-hmm. in, in, in all honesty a little a little hopeless despite all the protests yeah despite all the voices <laughs> that are, are screaming out for change yeah. despite everything that's been going on since march in the streets mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I fully get it, man. Yeah, it's uh, it is unbelievably heartbreaking, and it was a tragedy and chaos. Like when this chaos is going on, and you know, there's issues with the warrant and who signed off on it, all this stuff. Like there's all this stuff, and and we were talking about this earlier, where I, I you know, I under, it's not that I I I understand. I wasn't shocked when this came down because yeah. because this is what I think a lot of people were expecting, yeah. especially oh, sure. after a lot of the details came out about about that uh, about that night. But I just wonder if there is any other sort of course for responsibility, whether it is with somebody who maybe made a mistake on the warrant or somebody who should have known that the ex wasn't there or something like that, as opposed to this sort of you know murder charge that everybody wanted. I'm just wondering if there's another way to sort of get a little bit of justice for a mistake that was. made made um that wound up that wound up killing her you know the reality is is that you know brianna's not going to be brought back uh the hope is that with in that settlement that there are actual reforms and body cams are are mandatory Mm -hmm. things like that where it can really sort of tell the full story right and 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 we've we've seen this before where you know they get a law named after them and not that that helps no right not that that helps but at least you want something in her name that would prevent this from happening to anyone else. And it's really looking like that may be the best sort of justice that Breonna Taylor is going to get from all of this. Yeah, right. absolutely. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Hey, Did you watch I Can See Your Voice last night? No. Okay, so this is the culmination of all singing reality shows taking probably its final turn. Okay. So you had uh, American Idol first, right? And then Pop Idol, I think it was called in the UK, right? And then you had that where you had people come out on stage and they sing and then you judge them. And then we all fall in love with them and then somebody goes on to win. And then it was The Voice, which was, let's just base it on The Voice. We're going to turn around. We're not going to look at them. We don't want to be affected or influenced in any way of what somebody looks like. We're just going to make it all about The Voice. And then you had that and it went on and it became a huge success. Then you had The Masked Singer, where it was sort of a hybrid of those two, which was they would come out in costumes and sing. You didn't know who they were and you had to guess who they were based on their singing. And now comes I Can See Your Voice, which is hosted by Ken Jeong. And contestants come out. There's a celebrity panel. Yeah. 
quote-unquote music superstar Nick Lachey, is how I think they referred to him. <laughs> uh, yeah. and, and on this one was Arsenio Hall and Kelly uh, Osborne, and, and they, there's a panel. They're the sort of detectives, and then there's contestants who can win money. Okay. Okay. And so people come out on stage. They'll bring like three people out on stage, and they don't even give them names. It's like the the rock climber, the electrician, and the belly dancer, right? Like, okay. they, And they only refer to them as that. And they lip sync to a song. Okay. Okay. And you have to then guess whether they're an actual good singer or not. So based on lip syncing? Based on not hearing their voice. Okay. Okay. So dumb. So it's a singing show called I Can See Your Voice where when the contestants come out and sing, they don't actually sing. But what are they lip syncing to? To a track that could be their own voice or it could oh, be somebody else's voice. So it is like voice. a real person, quote unquote, real person voice. Yes. Not like a celebrity voice. Or, no, okay. no. And then, the, and then the contestants come out and then they bet on whether they're a good singer oh, or, or a bad singer. So here's a clip from last night where somebody uh, had picked that they would be a, uh, a bad singer. Have you found a bad singer and banked yourself $10,000? Yeah. Or is it a good singer, meaning you win a big bag of nothing? No. <laughs> Counselor, let's sing. So you don't know at this point. Because now they're going to sing live. Now they're going to sing live for the first time, right? And this is after they, 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 they did their lip syncing and everything. Yes, okay. After. So now so they're now really gonna hear. Okay. whether okay. they're good or bad. All right, I'm into it now. So she won because she oh God. because that she she pegged her as a bad singer, right? So she actually won that round. Oh, okay. So for okay. this. Yeah, the contestant, the contestant got to say whether that person was a good singer or a bad singer. But then I, I start wondering, I'm like, on all these shows, you wonder how deep the talent pool is of people who are willing to go on these shows and sing. So the final contestant, the AKA rock climber, yeah. I don't know her name, just the rock climber, uh, she, it was her turn to sing. And listen to this. Rock climber, let's see. Nobody picked her to be... No, they picked her as a good singer. Oh, as a good singer. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right? But the detectives, okay. the celebrity judges are all like, they think they know what a good singer looks like, the way that they move their body or how they breathe in between, in between lines and how yeah. they do all this stuff, right? So the detectives have to do all their sort of detective work and then the contestants get to vote on whether they're a good singer or bad singer. But that girl last night, the rock climber, killed it. Not her. <laughs> Here we go. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. 
uh, hear this Mark Hamill, Patrick Stewart commercial? No. So they, they did an Uber Eats commercial together. And okay. it's uh, Mark Hamill, of course, Luke Skywalker, and he's done uh, tons of voice work, the joke, everything else. Uh, Patrick Stewart is, of course, just Patrick Stewart. But listen, <laughs> listen to these two knuckleheads. Tonight, I'll be eating a veggie cheeseburger on ciabatta. No tomatoes. Tonight, I'll be eating four cheese tortellini here with extra tomatoes. Stewart. So it's come to this. Thank you. Bravo. Careful, Hamill. Daddy's not here to save you. Oh, I am my daddy. What? Come again? Wait, what? You said daddy's not here to save you. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I'm not sure I got that right. What is going on? <laughs> so they're doing this like rivalry, like right? It's two like old grandpas that are arguing. I know. It's it's Mark Hamill and Patrick Stewart doing this like rivalry. It's tomato versus tomato. Uh, and then Patrick Stewart goes, watch out, Hamill. Your daddy's not here to save you, meaning Darth Vader. And then Mark Hamill goes, that's fine. I'm my own daddy. And then Patrick Stewart's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'm my own daddy. Oh my <laughs> god, that's for where? Uh, Uber, Uber Eats. Eats. Oh wow. Yeah. They're really trying yeah. to step up their game. I guess. Uh, yeah. Skip the Dish has been killing it. Yeah. With all of their ads, right? Right. Yes, I know. With John Ham? I know. Those ads are really, really great. John Ham is so funny in those things. And what's that kid's name that he. That oh, he, Brandon. Brandon? <laughs> <laughs> so weird how you, like, we know who Brandon is. Yeah. His real name is Monty. Yeah. Okay. What does he do? Is he just like an actor? No, he's he a stand up comedian. Oh, is he? Yeah. yeah. Good gig, man. Yeah. Those, like, that'll set you up for years to come yeah, doing those commercials with John Ham. I'm my own daddy. <laughs> This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. NPR just released uh, another one of their videos for the Tiny Desk concerts. Excuse me? That they do. Uh, this is where they have artists or bands perform some of their tracks in like a super tiny, small-ass room. <laughs> all okay, huddled together. Cool. All right. right? It's mainly acoustic, but because of the pandemic and everything, they had to switch things around. Oh, so, I guess. Yeah, you can't do those anymore. You can't shove people in a small-ass room anymore. Right. Um, God, remember have, when that was fun when you used to I take know. a lot of people and just stick them in small spaces? Because it was I'm like funny. a bunch of people, yeah. Uh, it's not funny anymore. So, they've been experimenting and now they just allow artists or bands to, to still perform, but in right. a larger, much larger space. Okay. And the one that's trending right now, it's got over 6 million views already, of course, is a a group that NPR said that they've been trying for years to get on their Tiny Desk concert series. Okay. And it's BTS. Yeah. Hey! Show us on, get up in the morning, cup of meat, let's rock and roll. King Kong, kick the throne, rolling on like a rolling So they got stone. like a full band, four or five guys playing behind them. Mm-hmm. But the stage, let me show you a picture of the stage where they're at. So where do they, where did they have them do this? Made, it looks like a like a set that was built to look like a record store. And they got like four oh, band yeah. members oh, yeah, behind, yeah, yeah. and everyone's still like socially distanced somewhat. But instead of sticking them all into a super small room, God, that's a they got a lot of guys in BTS too, huh? Yeah, it's difficult when you're a five piece. That's easy. You can sort of like it works. You get, you know. Three in the back, two in the front. Sure. Like when you got seven, 
Are plus the guys one, two, in that band? three, plus four people All the in the background. It's a lot of people. Playing instruments, There's yeah. There's no small way to do a BTS show. No, but currently sitting at 6.3 million views. That is uh, NPR's Tiny Desk Concert Series featuring BTS with Dynamite. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Yo, it's fall. People love this season. People love pumpkin spice lattes from... Starbucks. Do they though? But enough with the pumpkin spice everything. And in the past like two, three years, we've seen other companies, yeah. other food items come out with their own pumpkin spice, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And yesterday, Kraft Macaroni and Cheese announced a pumpkin spice KD. That's going to be released. Not like to the masses, limited no. edition. You have to sign up on their website, and it's only going to be available to like a thousand people. So it's still your traditional mac and cheese, but then the added flavor that they give you include uh, what they say are hints of cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, and ginger. That's disgusting. AKA gross. I signed up. I can't wait. No, you, you signed, didn't. You signed I up love, for that? I love everything pumpkin spice, and I love mac and cheese. No, Put them together. I, Why would I not love that? Love. KD, so much. Yeah. When's Just the last time you had KD, original. though? Original. Um, not that long ago. Really? Yeah, man. Yeah. Buy the, the, buy the, the multi-pack from Costco. You do? Yeah, why not? Oh Bro, KD is so good. So good. Really, huh? I love KD. Just the original. <laughs> yeah. All right? Like as a grown father. Like yes. you're Really, huh? Dude, who does not like KD? Yeah. Do you still eat it? I will it? never. Yes, like, do I still what, eat it. Do you put them all individually on the four no, ends of a fork? I'm not a child. Oh. Oh, okay. My bad. <laughs> I buy the microwavable one where it's a do little you? cup and you fill it with water. Do you it's eat so KD good. with a spoon or with a fork? Fork. I eat. Uh, I used to eat with a fork. I now eat with a spoon. You do, Because huh? I just shovel it in. Yeah, because old, right? Because what? Oh, never mind. <laughs> I find that the older I get, the more things I eat with a spoon. <laughs> really? I'm not messing around. <laughs> Who's got time for that? I get more done with a spoon than I do with anything else. Like, so pumpkin spice craft dinner. Yeah, I love you, Katie, and everything, but come pumpkin on Pumpkin spice is such a... If, there, like, if I could name the top three sort of millennial exclusives, right? Uh-huh. Pump, the, the love for pumpkin spice everything is right up there. I know. I don't um, know what's wrong with my people. Uh, taking which house of Harry Potter you belong to seriously is way up there. And getting, and getting insanely pissed off when your favorite spot runs out of avocado toast is right up there. Right? Like those three things I would um, say. Have you ever had avo toast? Yeah, no, excuse me. Okay. This there I'm just I'm I'm just saying that these are like exclusive millennial things. I know, me and all Pum- the peoples. Pumpkin spice, your Harry Potter house, and avo toast. Yo, Gryffindor <laughs> for life, baby. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. I sneezed in my mask the other day yeah. in the grocery oh, store. The, yeah. What a horror show that was. What? Did they kick you out? No, but Everybody I couldn't turn take my mask off yeah, to no. clean my face. I know. It's the worst. I had to wait till I got in the car. Yeah. There was a part of my mask that was stuck to my beard. Oh, yeah, it's not good, man. <laughs> Did this happen? Did this it's happen? Um, like right when you got to, to the store? No, no. I had a cart full. Yeah, you can. It's not like you could have left it run out. No, get cleaned up and go back in. It was awful, and I could feel it too. Like you know, there's something on your face. Yeah, and then you can't you can't even lift up the mask. No, to wipe your face. No, to clean up. Nothing. What a different world, huh? Nothing. What a terrible world. Yeah, you sneeze all over your own face now. Um, we were talking about 
The other day, you had mentioned that you, and then we started getting texts like crazy from people oh, no, who are all convinced that. that they all had, including you, oh, coronavirus yeah, yeah, yeah. back in February yeah. before we went into lockdown, before yeah. it was even a thing in uh, in Canada, we knew what it we knew what it was. But he, like, here's the thing: is that at that time we knew what it was because I know that we had been talking about it on this show when it was in China, and we we knew it existed. We knew that it was dangerous, but at that time we didn't really know the symptoms. Right. And I just remember getting wildly sick in February to the point where I like booked myself a full 100% body physical with specialists. Yeah. Um, like did ultrasounds, did chest x-rays, did all of it. They were testing my hearing, my everything. Uh, because I, I felt like, I felt worse than I'd ever felt in my life. So a lot of people, after you made that comment, a lot of people were reaching out to us saying, hey, in and around February, I was also feeling what the symptoms of coronavirus are, and yeah. I'm pretty sure I had that. Yeah. So listen to this text that I'm going to read to you. Okay. Hey, Razamoka, it's Jen. I'm listening to your podcast, and I just finished episode 190, which is when we mentioned that you, Roz, potentially had coronavirus. Yeah. And now going back to episode number 138, dated Feb 17th, all three of you, Roz, Mocha, Dammit Mori were sick. Yeah. Mocha, you said that you were sick with a sore throat and congestion, and Mori said he had the chills and couldn't move. So I think back in February, mm-hmm. all three of you had coronavirus. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that nuts? I don't even remember being sick, to be honest with you. You don't, huh? I The last time I remember being sick was over the Christmas holidays, where I was like down and out. No, I guess we were, we were, we were all sick at that time. But the problem is now we can't because from what I understand is that even if I go and get the antibody test, it may it, not it may not it won't show, show up. up. No, it's been way too long. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure it's within like a 12 week period. Yeah, that yeah, you it, you'd be able to find out. But we're like way past that. Yeah, now. it may not show up. And remember when I went to I came back from that doctor's appointment because I talked about that doctor's appointment uh-huh. um, where I was joking about coronavirus after that doctor's appointment. Because I had said that the doctor does like a full physical, right? Yeah. Like you're on a table and like they go, like yeah, they, yeah. Go, they uh-huh. go inside, outside. Right, yeah. Right? So it's like a full physical, like the, the doctor's inside, outside, yeah. right? And the then at the end, he knows, uh, knows you. Yeah, and he knows me. And then two minutes after that, we're back in his office and I'm saying goodbye and I go to shake his hand and he pulls his hand away and goes, no, Corona. <laughs> right and I'm like you were just inside outside and you won't shake my hand now like I was offended I was offended but chances are I, I had corona at that time yeah right yeah that's all and that's all I took away from that meeting was, <laughs> was that was that I then couldn't believe that I wanted to shake his hand <laughs> this is the Roz and Mocha show podcast Oh, Paris Hilton and Kim Kardashian are apparently friends again. What? Yeah. So if you haven't seen the Paris Hilton documentary on YouTube, it's really good, actually. And it's a look at Paris and uh, and her life and that sort of character that she'd been playing for all these years. And Kim Kardashian's in it because if you remember, Kim used to be Paris's assistant. Yeah, isn't um, that crazy? Like she used to like run her closet and stuff. I don't Come know, on right? But uh, but Kim and Paris did a video together, and this is what that sounded oh, like. Hold on, hold on. We're just hanging out, just a fun day, me and Paris. If you haven't seen her documentary on YouTube, you guys should check it out. Um, that's it. 
Do we, do we like that? Like, because I don't, because I'm not, a, I don't. It doesn't affect is that my a big life. deal in lives at all that those two are back together palling around or no? I mean, I made some noise. Yeah. A little bit of noise. Okay. Because they hadn't been friends for a, a real long time. But it's not a, like, it's not a huge thing, right? Uh, no, no. No. Okay. No, no. Okay. I just want to, I just want to make sure. Yeah. The Roz and Mocha Show Podcast. Podcast. Uh, where are we here? Oh, so I guess uh, Zane confirmed that uh, he and Gigi did, in fact, uh, have their baby. Yay! I don't know if we saw that picture. It was a picture of his heavily tattooed hand with, like, a little baby hand wrapped around his finger. And, uh... But I thought we knew they had the kid. It, well, the dad, it, they they hadn't confirmed it, but her dad wrote, like, a poem congratulating them on his social. And I guess because, like, super fans know what his Twitter account is. Oh. Maury, and then Maury also... Does. And you what? I can't hear you. And then he deleted it? Oh, ah, right. that's... Yeah, dad, okay, what cool. are you doing? Right. Everybody so, doesn't know yet. I know, it's always the dads, right? And I think, we're, didn't we're Bella... So Bella posted something uh, two weeks ago as well, or yeah, last week. Yeah, right? so uh, so Zane confirmed it, and then he wrote, her baby girl is here, healthy and beautiful. They say what that's, her name is? is what he wrote. Uh, to try to put into words how I'm feeling right now would be an impossible task. The love I feel for this tiny human is beyond my understanding. Grateful to know her, proud to call her mine, and thankful for the life we all have together. Uh, I don't think there is a name. Did they say a name at all, Maury? No, no name. So uh, there you go. But it's a cute picture, man. Yeah, super yeah, cute. I like that. But yeah, no, it's always the dads, right? It's, all, it's always like the dads messing that go too somehow. far. Messing up something. Big we secret. We know you're excited and everything, but like dad. Yeah. Chill. Yeah. Right? Like let us tell everybody. Yeah. There was a, I'm trying to remember what the story was, but there was another one where there was like some parent who blew a movie deal before it was announced. For some star, where they had oh, said no. they had said something publicly, yeah, about whatever, or a sequel to something, or being cast in something, and then they had to delete that, was that too. Like, was it um, Ben Affleck's mom or <laughs> Matthew McConaughey's mom? It was one of, the, it was one of those. Like that, yeah, right? it, was, it was one of those guys. But it's always like because like, how like you can't keep these secrets in because like. Your, your parents are for oftentimes just regular people yeah. who talk to people and they're proud of you. Completely. And, and they're just doing it out of like and they just want to tell everyone. joy. Yeah. yeah. Look what my kid did. Right. Or look at what my kid is doing. Right? <laughs> yeah. But I just, I don't know why. Like, I'm like, a grandpa yeah, now. I know. Listen, I know. everybody. Yeah. No, it's really wild though. But uh, but yeah, so uh, Zane did, in fact, 100% confirm that uh, he and uh, Gigi delivered their uh, baby girl. So there you go. Here we go. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. All right, Jordan texted us, Roz, yeah. and said, and I didn't think that this still happens, okay? Yeah. Jordan said, someone stole my car antenna, and now I can't listen to you guys. Somebody stole your car antenna? I can't believe you guys called me back. <laughs> oh, man, that sucks. Was it, was it a, like an old school one? Yeah, sort of, yeah, it's a twist off. Oh, it's a twist off. I yeah. didn't think that people still did that. Neither did I. Jeez. Like, what are you going to do with a car antenna? Well, you used to use them for swords. We used to hit each other with them. You never, you never walked down the street with your buddies at night and then all of a sudden you felt something hit your back real hard and it was one of your friends who just ripped somebody's radio antenna off their car and started hitting you with it? No. You never had that happen? Never. Oh, my God. <laughs> so that's it? It's just recklessness? Just people, like, ripping off the car antennas to play, four, uh, to play uh, swords? Yeah, vandalism for the most part. I don't think that somebody was out a 
antenna. They they found one that fit, and then they took your antenna and put it on their car. Like I don't think it was that. That I don't think that was the situation. Well, I live on a farm too, so it's kind of weird to think someone would come on the farm and take the antenna. Oh, that's yeah, super that's, weird. It's somebody that you know. That wait a second, antennas screw off. Yeah. Really? How old is your well, car? 2005. I've, I noticed the other day that you don't see a lot of antennas on cars anymore. Every now and then you see like a little one on the top. Sure. But, well, yeah, pe- but, people, don't, but people don't have that big giant <laughs> antenna that comes off the hood of their car oh, anymore. Like, well, like what? Like my dad's car. Yeah, I do. I have, I have one. Do you really on yeah. the truck? Yeah. This, one is a, this one's a very small antenna too. It's still about half. Really? Yeah. Who steals somebody's antenna like that? That's so weird, man. So what now? Like, do you have to go to, like, Canadian Tire and buy a new antenna? Or do you have to, like, take your truck or your car to the dealership? I was taking tinfoil at the house, put it on top, maybe. No. <laughs> <laughs> one of those. <laughs> Thanks so much for your text. Hope everything no works problem. out. I'll, All call right, you guys, I'll call you guys back when I get the antenna. Thank you, man. Appreciate Later, it. Jordan. Right. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. She won the hearts of everybody on this season of America's Got Talent, including Judge Sofia Vergara. She had the entire country behind her. We welcome back to the Roz and Mocha Show, Roberta Battaglia. How are you? I'm feeling um, so amazing. I'm back in Toronto and feels really good. (laughs) What did you do after? First of all, congratulations. Fourth place is just such an incredible finish. And uh, you got a big future. But what, uh, what did you and your family do immediately after? after uh, you walked off that stage? Well, um, you know, I was really happy. I mean, we just celebrated. I mean, really, I was so happy that I came into the top five, really. And, you know, I mean, um, some people are saying, oh, I wish you would have won. But, I mean, that's for me, that's a great place. And I'm just really, really grateful that I'm, uh, that I'm a finalist. So what happens now? Obviously, you do have this incredible future. And, and, and Sofia Vergara said what we were all thinking, which is that this is just the beginning for you and the amount of talent that you have. So how much time do you sort of take off before you and your family get together to figure out what the next step is? Or are you already planning the next step? Well, really, um, nothing's like planned yet or anything because... I mean, of course, I'm I'm a I'm a girl with big dreams, and I would love to do so much stuff um, in music because it's my biggest passion. But you know, um, next step is I mean, I have a little album on the way, so that's oh, nice. uh, kind of exciting. When does that happen? And, um, well, we don't know yet. Oh. I mean, due to COVID, everything's like right, been a right, little delayed right. and everything. And we still have to make some uh, fixer-uppers, so <laughs> we don't know. I mean, right now I'm doing lots of interviews, and yeah. uh, this is a fun one. And, um, you know, we don't have a plan for the future, but, um, you know, I guess we'll just have to take it step by step and see how it goes. Now, since appearing on AGT and like you said, since you you left and you're you're back at home now, have you or your parents, I guess, been receiving messages or phone calls from people wanting to uh, wanting to work with you on music? Well, um, I mean, there's many people who have um, been reaching out to me, um, but... (laughs) You know, they're they're so overwhelming. I mean, there's yeah. so many, and I'm uh, really grateful that a lot. But, um, you know, as I said, we got to take it step by step. Um, I'm, you know, only 11. There's so much that I can do. No. But, um, 
You know, I will just have to see. I'm just very excited for the future and to see what it holds for me. And um, hopefully everything goes well. Hey, Roberta, do you have to go to school on Monday? Um, well, I don't. I'm not going to school, but I'm doing it online. Oh, okay. Uh, Is that going to be so. weird to be in your online Zoom class after just appearing on America's Got Talent? And now you're with all your friends again on on screen? Well, you know, it- It'll be really nice. I mean, I think it's not a weird feeling because it'll be really, really nice to see them again. Yeah. Because um, I do really miss them. I mean, it's been since March that I haven't been able to see them. And, um, you know, being at school is one of my top priorities. I love being at school. And uh, even if it's online, I still love it. So. But what do you miss most about school? Um, what I miss most about school is just having the opportunity to interact with other, yeah. um, other students, like, you know, other teachers. My daughter is... Uh, my daughter's 10, so she's a little bit younger than you. And, and after all of this and COVID and everything else, she was getting ready to go back to school. And I was like, hey, what do you miss the most? And she looked at me and said, recess. And as a dad, I was about to go, what do you mean recess? And then I realized you just miss hanging with friends. Yeah, like you just, you just miss yeah. kicking it with other kids. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really nice. Um, you know, even though sometimes um, some people can like bully you and stuff, but then it, it's nice because then the good friends like, you know, kind of take that all off of your chest. So it's really, really nice. Hey, Roberta, uh, now after you're appearing on AGT, do you have like Sofia Vergara's phone number and stuff? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't have not, that. Oh, okay. She's a fan of yours, but, like, you guys didn't become, like, text buddies yet. <laughs> no, no, no. Not yet. Oh, okay. Not yet. Wow. What a crazy world where you get her golden ticket. You get her golden buzzer, but you don't get her number. <laughs> That's really wild. You would think that the number would come first. I know, right? <laughs> like, to me, the, to me the, the golden buzzer seems way more personal than a phone number. Hey, Roberta, it's awesome catching up with you. Congratulations on, uh, on America's Got Talent and everything uh, that happened with that show. We're, we're glad to have you back in Canada, mm-hmm. and we appreciate your time that you're giving to us uh, you. on the Raza Mocha Show. Well, thank you so much. It's an honor. Thank you. Now go and be safe and kick it with your friends, okay? Okay, thank yeah. you. All right. Love you, Roberta. Take care. Love you, too. Bye, guys. Here we go. The Roz and Mocha Show Podcast. It's about that time. What time is it? <laughs> what was that from? What time is it? What time is it? Oh, well, Bubble Guppies. What time is it? It's time, time for lunch. lunch. What time is it? It's time for lunch. What time is it? It's time for lunch. Hey, lunch time. Hey, what's for lunch? Yeah, bubble guppies. Uh, hey, Mocha, you ready? Yeah. What time is it? It's time for the news? Yeah, it's time. Let's do the news! A Roz and Mocha show and kiss 92.5 news break. The uh, Toronto Christmas market is officially canceled for 2020. Uh, but I think it's just all the outdoor sort of kiosks. I think you're still allowed to walk around there and do stuff and shop at the in-store. At the distillery? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just think it's all the all the kiosks that uh, that won't be happening this year. Uh, Cardi B says that it was arguing not cheating was the reason for the filing a divorce with Offset. I just got tired of arguing. I got tired of not seeing things eye to eye. Just leave it. I just want to be a free birdie. Okay. <laughs> okay. You do you. Uh, after it was announced that um, NASCAR driver Bubba Wallace was leaving his team, the question then became, well, where was he going? Uh, well, Michael Jordan just started his own NASCAR team. Oh, wow. And Bubba is going to be his driver. Um, 
Michael Jordan says, historically, NASCAR has struggled with diversity and there have been few black owners, adding the timing seemed perfect as NASCAR is evolving and embracing social change more and more. He goes on to say uh, that he's looking at this as a chance to educate a new audience and open more opportunities for black people in racing. So Michael Jordan, NASCAR team owner now. That's great. So no, no word yet on what the number they're going to use or who the car is going to be or what any of that is. But uh, but yeah, Jordan is now in NASCAR with, uh, with Bubba. So look out for that. So several uh, former and current employees have reacted to Ellen's monologue that she did on her show yesterday where she said that she was going to well, go there and discuss the allegations of uh, racism and sexual harassment and just straight up bullying on her show and also deal with the fact that um, many were saying that Ellen is far from the be nice uh, individual that she portrays on TV. So this is a bit of Ellen's uh, statement slash apology yesterday. If you're watching because you love me, thank you. If you're watching because you don't love me, welcome. <laughs> How was everybody's summer? Good? Yeah? Mine was great. Super terrific. As you may have heard, this summer there were allegations of a toxic work environment at our show. And then there was an investigation. I learned that things happened here that never should have happened. I take that very seriously, and I want to say I am so sorry to the people who were affected. I know that I'm in a position of privilege and power, and I realize that with that comes responsibility, and I take responsibility for what happens at my show. This is the Ellen DeGeneres Show. I am Ellen DeGeneres. My name is there. My name is there. My name is on underwear. There were also articles in the press and on social media that said that I am not who I appear to be on TV because I became known as the Be Kind Lady. And um, being known as the Be Kind Lady is a tricky position to be in. So let me give you some advice out there. If anybody's thinking of changing their title or giving yourself a nickname, do not go with the Be Kind Lady. (laughs) Don't do it. So one of the uh, employees said, not only did Ellen turn my trauma turn our traumas into a joke she somehow managed to make this about her another one said uh that when ellen said oh my summer was great she's like that was supposed to be funny uh i thought it was funny because everyone was calling you out over the allegations of your toxic work environment and how you're now the one suffering weird uh one other former employee highlighted the fact that ellen didn't sign off with her regular be kind after yesterday's show oh which uh which is interesting um and uh, somebody else had said, I don't feel sorry uh, that she's in a crap load of trouble because she branded herself the Be Kind Lady to begin with. So that is uh, the reaction from BuzzFeed who talked to current and former Ellen employees and staffers. How popular is Travis Scott? What is Travis Scott's hold? What is his influence like? So the Travis Scott Listen, meal. If he, yeah, I was just going to say. McDonald's. If he's got his own McDonald's meal, then popular. So... Not only does Travis Scott have his own McDonald's meal, the Travis Scott meal, which is a quarter pounder with cheese, French fries, and a large Sprite. Now, the quarter pounder includes bacon and lettuce, Mm. and the fries come with barbecue sauce. Mm. The Sprite, they say, is served just straight up. So they don't mess with the Sprite. Yeah. Okay, so it's a quarter pounder cheese with lettuce and bacon, fries with a thing of barbecue sauce on the side, and uh, Sprite. So it's very much just what is normally on... The menu. On a... McDonald's menu. Okay. McDonald's is selling out. 
Of quarter pounders? So McDonald's is selling out of the ingredients. No. They've been selling out of the ingredients to make the Travis Scott meal, meaning they use lettuce on Big Macs, but so many people are coming in ordering the Travis Scott meal that they're running out of lettuce because they have to now put lettuce on the Big Macs and no. on the Travis Scott quarter pounder. And not only that, several locations. This McDonald's is a company, okay? That sells two billion burgers a year. Yeah. There's locations where McDonald's are running out of quarter pounders. Wow. Because everybody's coming in and ordering the Travis Scott meal. They're run- McDonald's is running out of hamburgers because the Travis Scott meal is so popular. Wow. Sickle mode for real. Right. On Drew Barrymore's show, her talk show, Drew's really great. And she has had this whole life where Drew has been all sorts of different people. She was like a little kid star, like cute. And then she went through these real wild years where she was doing a lot of drugs and I guess just like partying. And then she got married a couple of times. And Tom Green's going to be on her show on Friday, by the way. She she announced that her first um, ex-husband, they were wondering which ex-husband was going to be her first guest. Yeah. Or her first ex-husband guest. And uh, so Tom Green is, I guess, going to do her show on Friday. But she had Paris Hilton on yesterday. And we talked to Paris Hilton about her documentary on YouTube called This Is Paris, where she really gets into... I guess like rich families who had these wild teenagers back in the in the early 90s would send them off to these like internment camps in Utah where they would put them into solitary confinement and like they prison. would they would abuse them and all, and Paris went through hell yeah. at these things. So this is a little bit about um Drew asking Paris what that was like. How are you doing with opening the valves of this? It was hard just to relive and have to remember all these traumatic experiences that I tried so hard to forget and just act like they never happened. But I've had severe nightmares since I was a teenager because of this. Basically, I I just was trying to look like I had the perfect life and I was embarrassed for people to know. And I now know that I shouldn't be ashamed. The people who work at these places who are abusing children are the ones who should be ashamed. And I'm proud that even though I went through so much, I'm so strong and I can make it through anything. But here's the thing. Drew Barrymore's parents also sent her to one of these places. The same one? When she was younger. One of these places in Utah where they take troubled teens and then they try and whip them into shape and throw them into solitary. But listen to Drew describe her experience. I mean, I have to tell you, I like uh, the people at my place were really good. You know, I mean, I I didn't like being thrown in solitary confinement. I will say that I was very rebellious. I started riots there all the time. And there was a lot of other kids like me. And my mom just didn't know what to do with me. You know, I was doing drugs. I was out of control. She just threw her hands up and threw me in there not knowing where else to turn to. And that place really did help me and it did save my life and I actually wouldn't change a thing. Interesting, huh? This place that Paris Hilton said that she went to where all this stuff happened. 
Had they come out and said anything? No. They haven't made a statement whatsoever. No, huh? they, they wouldn't talk to them during the documentary. And I think that yeah. they pretty much just deny everything, everything. that's yeah. gone on regardless. And Paris is, is, she's got a coalition now of all these other women that she was there with when they were all young. And they all met up later on in life in the documentary and started this campaign to shut these places down. Yeah. And that's sort of where the documentary ends. And Damn. she continues on with this work now. And uh, it's wild, man. If you don't give you watch that Paris Hilton documentary yet, watch it. It is it'll give you a whole new perspective on her and how she grew up and what she went through. Tyra Banks addressing the haters and criticism uh, for people who have uh, a problem with the way that she's been handling Dancing with the Stars. If you remember, there she was rushing the judges along. She yeah. was doing too much talking, making the show all about her. This is a lot of the criticism. So uh, Tyra went on TikTok to say tonight I hosted the second episode of Dancing with the Stars, and yeah, it wasn't perfect. Uh, she goes on to say. Yeah, I had a lot of fun, but I messed up. I said wrong words, but I kept, kept going. So that's uh, Tyra with the reaction from uh, a lot of people who are wishing Tom Bergeron and Aaron Andrews were back. People like me. People like you. <laughs> and uh, Disney and Pixar are being sued by a company that claims Duke Kaboom from Toy Story 4 was a blatant ripoff of Evil Knievel, and they did it without permission. According to TMZ, K&K &K Promotions, whose president happens to be Evil Knievel's uh, son, Kelly Knievel, claims that they own all rights to Evil Knievel's likeness, persona, and brand. Evil Knievel, by the way, was like a stuntman in the 70s. He used these crazy things. He mm. jumped over the fountains of Caesar's Palace and crashed and crushed his pelvis and like ruined his body forever but he Did was he just a, a madman yeah oh yeah. Did he like have a mustache? He, uh, I don't know. But but the bike, like the toy, like here's the thing is that I used to have the Evil Knievel toy. Yeah. Okay. And the Evil Knievel toy had this, this string that you would put in it. Like it was a piece of plastic that you would put in it that was ridged. It looked like a zip tie. And then you would rip it out and the motorbike would start going and you would put Evil Knievel on it with his white leather outfit and he would just shoot across the room. The Duke Kaboom toy looks exactly like the Evil Knievel toy. Evil Knievel did not have a mustache. No, I know Evil Knievel didn't have a mustache. I never said he did have a mustache. Okay. No, because Duke Kaboom has a mustache. Right, yes, because he's Canadian. Yeah. We all have did mustaches. Did he have a Canadian flag on his, uh, no, on his outfit? No, no, no. Anyway, so what they're saying is that um, that uh, K&K Promotions uh, stated in their lawsuit that Evil Knievel's recognizable persona and legacy, including a nod to his famous stunt cycle toy from the 70s, is littered throughout the fourth installment of Toy Story. K&K Promotions also alleged that the higher ups at Disney instructed everyone involved in Toy Story 4 from the all-star cast to post-production crew to avoid using Evil Knievel's name during interviews as well as other trademarked items. Oh. Uh, and they also, if what you remember, I? if you also remember, they went through this with Forky. And there's all, sort, there's all sorts of interviews with Tony Hale avoiding using the word spork. Because if you look at Forky, Forky's not a fork in that movie. Forky is clearly a spork. Yeah. And so why wasn't he named Sporky? Well, because Sporky is trademarked and copyrighted. No, it's not. As a spork is. Yeah, a spork yeah. is trademarked oh, yeah, and copyrighted. So he is a spork, but they call him Forky. <laughs> they never say the word spork. Clever. Clever, right? <laughs> this is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Laser Quest out in Kitchener is shutting down. Oh, pew pew. And at first when I saw the story, I was like, I was like, oh what, Laser Quest? Like, why is this a big thing? But they've been there for like Ever. 27 years. Mm -hmm. They've been running that place. I know the exact location. That's like you would have had like birthday party when you were like a kid there. Yep. Right? Absolutely. 
God. You used to live out there, right? I did. Did you ever go to Laser Quest? I never... Uh... No, I never went, but I knew exactly where it was. You did, huh? Yeah, I was always yeah. busy. And uh, I guess down in the in the states, uh, Sizzler has filed for bankruptcy. No, the Sizzler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. Restaurant chain Sizzler has filed for Chapter Eleven bankruptcy, causing uh, fourteen locations to close. They say our current financial state is a direct consequence of the pandemic's economic impact due to long-term indoor dining closures and landlords' refusal to provide necessary rent uh, amendments. So there you go. So no more late. Laser Tag or Laser Quest. Uh, if you're heading down to the States when you are allowed, um, no more Sizzler and also Bed Bath & Beyond are closing 63 stores after Christmas. No, are so, they really? Yep. <sighs> yep. So it's not a good day, man. Not a good day. Uh, Shannon Doherty, haven't had an update from anybody with regards to her cancer battle. Uh, she's going through stage four cancer. Now, back in 2015, um, she was first diagnosed and then went into remission for three years. And then the disease came back. Uh, her longtime friend and co-star Jason Priestley was doing an interview yesterday on Australian TV and gave this update. Shannon's a real tough girl. And Shannon's a fighter and she's always been a fighter. And I know that she will continue to fight as hard as she can. Last time I heard from her, she was in pretty good a lot of stuff's getting canceled, though. The uh, Santa Claus Parade here in Toronto uh, will be virtual this year. Nuit Blanche, same thing. Toronto Waterfront Marathon also gone. A uh, number of Halloween events, Cavalcade of Lights, and uh, oh. New Year's Eve festival festivities at Nathan Phillips Square uh, also gone. The Times Square Ball Drop is going virtual. And uh, speaking of the Santa Claus Parade, we will be talking to Santa today just after uh, 8 a.m. to get, just to get his take behave. on that. Wear a mask, watch uh, your hands. Just behave, all right? You idiots in Scarborough. Like, and I I grew up in Scarborough. I love Scarborough with all my heart. Yeah. But y'all did some stupid stuff the other night. 40 of you throwing that house party. I think the the fine of, what was it, like 880 bucks that they gave us, like 14 people? Yeah. It should have been the max of 10 grand. Yeah. I to agree. each each one of those I people, know, I you know. idiots. Uh, two officers were shot during the Louisville Louisville protests last night. Uh, both have non life threatening uh, injuries. A state of emergency has been declared, and the National Guard has been deployed. This, of course, is protests over the grand jury's decision uh, that took place. Um, protests also in New York, Washington, Atlanta, and Chicago. Um, the Oh, the one officer who was charged in Breonna Taylor's, I guess you can't even say that he was charged in her death because I guess it was the Breonna Taylor incident because he wasn't charged in her death, uh, was uh, Brett Hankinson. And he was charged with three counts of wanton endangerment uh, in the first degree. And he was the officer in the back of the apartment who was just was shooting spraying, from outside, right? spraying bullets yeah. through the walls. And his charges are based on putting other people in danger. So his charges are based around the fact that he put the neighbors who sort of flanked Breonna Taylor apartment in danger because mm-hmm. the bullets were going through the walls. What's that, what about the the was it the three or four of them that bust in through the front door? So the way that I under the way it's so unbelievably tragic. But the way that this looks to me, okay, is that Brianna Taylor's Brianna Taylor's death was treated as somebody who died in the crossfire of a gunfight. If it happened anywhere else, mm-hmm. um, because the 
ballistics were done, the reason this took so long was because they had to do the ballistic tests on all the bullets to f- determine which bullet was the bullet that killed Breonna Taylor. Yeah. And if it was the bullet, if it was a bullet from the guy who was charged with wanton endangerment from outside, you would have most likely seen a murder charge because you've seen those types of charges against police before uh, when they're shooting through walls and windows and, and whatnot. But they determined that the bullet that killed Breonna Taylor was fired from the police who was returning fire after Breonna's boyfriend shot when they came bursting through the door. So in this it instance... Was the wrong place. It, well, the, 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 the address wasn't the wrong address, right? They knew that they knew that place, but then you go down to... But the guy who was her ex-boyfriend who was the one who well, was... They were initially into, looking he for. He was still in jail, yeah. right? So there's a lot that went wrong, and I, I, and I know that the... It's terrible that there's no sort of criminal culpability with the officers involved because I I don't know if you can charge somebody when the laws weren't broken. But what I do hope is that they go back because I think that there's a lot of inaccuracies in the stories of how the warrants were issued, the information that was given, the information, like if they can go after, say, a judge, if they can go after somebody in the chain of events other than those two cops who are returning fire, if there's somebody in those chain of events, I just just hope that it's sort of, that it's not done, you know, that there is somebody, that there's somebody involved who, you know, will be responsible for a mistake that was made that led to it because you're not going to get a murder charge for the police when they return fire, okay? But maybe you can get something with... Maybe they shouldn't have been there in the first place. Was there a problem with the warrant? Did somebody give false information when they were looking at these houses that they wanted to raid? All of that stuff. They didn't even know that the ex-boyfriend... They just assumed that he was there. Right. Yeah. So so I hope it's not done. I hope it's not done. Um, but it is, an, it is an absolute tragedy. And that's what all the reaction is to today. But um, oftentimes tragedies, you know, they don't come with, you know, with, with I guess, criminal charges. Uh, it's, it's tough. It's absolutely, yeah. absolutely brutal. Uh, Black Widow and West Side Story both delayed again. Oh, no. Both delayed again. So listen to this. Disney's pushing back Black Widow's theatrical release to May 7th, 2021, which is more than a full year from when it was supposed to open. Uh, Spielberg's West Side Story remake is now scheduled to open December 10th, 2021 instead of this December. Why don't they just do... Also, Shang-Chi, The Legend of the Ten Rings has been postponed to July 9th, 2021. The Eternals is now opening November 5th, 2020, uh, instead of 2021, rather than this past February. Uh, And for movie buffs, dying to see anything new, Death on the Nile is opening December 18th. Uh, Pixar's Soul is opening November 20th. And Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds is still set to open on December 11th Why doesn't Disney just take like... Bro, I have no... Do what they did with Mulan. I have no idea. I have no idea. Charge me additional money on top of my subscription and I will pay to watch Black Widow. Yes, absolutely. I'll pay to watch all these movies. Fully agree. So Tory Lanez shamelessly used a Meg Thee Stallion shooting drama to launch a new album called Daystar. And in it, he questions her injury, like denies that he was the one that shot her. So one of the tracks, the first 30 seconds of the first song that was released called Money Over Fallouts. Is that, am I getting that right? Yeah. Uh, it's just like a compilation of, audio, compilation of audio clips taken directly from news reports with regards to the July 12th shooting where Meg was allegedly shot twice in the feet by Tory Lanez. This entire album, because yes. I listened to it, 
This whole album is about Meg Thee Stallion yeah. and about the shooting. The entire thing. So do you, want me to, do you want me to read some of these lyrics or do you want to play some? Yeah, and I'm going to play you two. I'm going to play you. So and, the and song that quickly, you're talking I about. Just, I just can't. Money over over fallout. Okay. So listen, listen to this. This is Tory Lanez. Okay, so he's um, talking about being framed for the shooting and saying that Meg's people are trying to frame me for shooting, but them boys ain't cleaning up. And then he directly calls her out saying... Where's the crime? A crime was committed against her and done with the intention to harm her, saying, girl, you had the nerve to write that statement. Uh, he raps, knowing I ain't do it, but come on, out my truest, trying to keep this ish 200 with you, shoddy. And he says, I know I ain't do it, but they people in your ear, they the ones that I fear. Do you think Tory Lanez would do you for real? Wow. And says, how did you, you sound just like him reading how, those do you, how do you get shot in the foot without hitting any bones or tendons? So yeah. is he saying that she didn't even get shot in the foot? Is that what he's trying to say? He's claiming that the story is not <clears throat> the way it's being told, but there's another song on there where he's like, I want to talk about it, but legally I can't. But meanwhile, the entire album is about the shooting yeah. and his in and out falling in love, not falling in love with Meg the Stallion relationship. Hey, I want to play one more thing for you. Okay. This is from the Tory Lanez Daystar album. This one uh, is from a track called Friends Become Strangers. Make you change. We both know what happened that night and what I did, but it ain't what they said. But when the feelings change, the pain start oozing from the heart and start cruising through the vein. Start leaking out your mouth when you hop on the live and talk live. It's oozing through your brain. Listen. Okay. Uh, so he's saying he didn't do it, right? Yeah, basically. I, but I'll tell you this. I do find it interesting that there's been no leaks or holes in this story whatsoever, and the man is still not charged with anything. At all. At all. It's right? Still releasing music. That's the weird thing, man, is that after the video and everything we think we know, this to me seems like something where there should have already been charges. Yeah. But there's a reason there's not. So maybe he's got something. I don't know. I don't know. There's two stories I'm obsessed with today that I want to make sure we get to. Uh, okay. One is Ring's new security camera. You know that company Ring? Yeah. They make the household security cameras. You one of those. So the new one is a drone. What? Yeah. It's a drone and it For flies outside? around your house, inside your house or outside your house, depending on where you put the dock. And you can program it. It will map out your entire house. So instead of you needing multiple cameras inside, you can go on your phone and it knows the lay of the land and you can just have it fly around your house. Stop it. Yes. Or outside your house, and it'll do full aerials of your house. And what Do you it, have to control it? You No, it, you can program it to control itself. Like, it will just do the Come rounds. Come on! Yes, yes. Dude, it is absolutely, it's so wild to me. My dog would go nuts. Like, oh if I'm not home, God. I mean, everybody's dog or cat or whatever animal you yeah. have in your house. Yeah. If they're alone and then this little drone starts flying around, yep. they'd freak the hell out. Yep. Oh, I know. And this story here, I, I, I was debating it to whether, whether to do this or not, but I just think that it is so important and it is such an incredible headline that I, we can't do the news without this one. Did you see this story? 
in Vietnam. Let me read you this headline and then okay. you can react. Okay, here we go. Uh, Vietnam police bust ring of people recycling condoms. What? Yeah, dude, this is such a horrific, oh God, horrific so story. I'm going to, okay. Police in Vietnam have confiscated an estimated 345,000 used, <laughs> used condoms. Oh my God. Which, has, which had been cleaned, re-rolled, and resold. Oh, God. That's so gross. Okay, so uh, police said... Where'd they get them from? Police said that the bags weighed over 795 pounds. That is the equivalent of 345,000 condoms. The owner of the warehouse said that they had received, quote, monthly input of used condoms from an unknown person. I think I'm going to throw up. A woman detained during the bus told police that the used condoms were first boiled, <laughs> then dried, <laughs> then reshaped on a wooden pole, <laughs> then repackaged and resold. Oh, gosh. She said that she received 17 cents for every kilogram of condoms she recycled. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude. Is that not the most horrific you story? You just ruined my entire weekend. That is the most like I'm gonna throw up. Horrific story I've ever seen. Oh, gross. Roz and Mocha QA. Hi Michelle, welcome to the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Hi, how are you guys? Good, how are you? Good, thanks. Wonderful. All right, so what is your question for the room? My question is I know Mocha, you weren't so keen on swimming. But you learned over the summer. I did, and yes. And my, my boyfriend, um, we've been together five years, and he does not want to learn. Um, but I've been trying to get him to learn because I love to swim, and he obviously won't. Huh. So I kind of wanted your advice and kind of maybe help me convince him to swim. That's right, because Mocha, you learned to swim in your... Excuse me? It, it had been, oh my God, here we go. You learned to swim later in life uh -huh. as an adult. Thank okay, you. my bad. <laughs> um, and it was a big thing for you because we had talked about it for years, just the fact that you never learn how to swim. Yeah. And, uh, and you took swimming lessons with your son at the house, which was incredible to see. And now you can do it all. You're, yeah. like, you're in and out on the bottom doing dives and cannonballs and the Everything. whole deal. Having Everything. Fun. How old is your, uh, how old is your uh, boyfriend, Michelle? He's 28. 28. And how, how is, why did he never learn how to swim? Um, he just grew up in Windsor and I think just the area didn't really have a lot of swimming pools, whereas I grew up in Markham and everyone <laughs> okay. had pools. Hold on, shut up. <laughs> you can't tell me Windsor doesn't have swimming pools. <laughs> no, his neighborhood. <laughs> the area. The neighborhood. <laughs> Jesus. Like, Seriously, Ross, not the neighborhood. My neighbor had a lot of pools and his did it. <laughs> Windsor, Windsor. That may be one of my all-time favorite uh, <laughs> excuses or, or lies. No, that oh may, it may just be. Is your boy... Is your boyfriend there? Yeah. What's his name? Jason. Jason. Mocha, do you want to talk to Jason? Yeah. Jason, why do you not want to learn how to swim? Or what were your, your reasons that you gave Michelle? I have a variety of reasons. Um, first and foremost, I don't float. I've tried. I don't know if you're able to float. I cannot float at all. Um, also, I find water terrifying. Uh, just the idea of sort of floating in sort of blue Space is kind of odd to me, and I've just never been a big fan of, of water. Did you have, like, a traumatic experience when you were a kid in a pool or near a pool or somebody in your life had a traumatic experience that you constantly think about? Um, not really. I don't think so. 
I mean, I took swimming lessons twice when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Um, I failed them both times. I didn't get my otter badge. Um, (laughs) I I had a little bit of an experience at the time um, with one of the teachers, but nothing that would stop me from swimming forever. I was just never comfortable with it. Um, I think that you should start at the start with the basics. And and because really what it comes down to is is this, is there's an enjoyment factor in swimming because I absolutely love swimming. I love being in the pool with the kid, all that other stuff. But then there's also the safety life reasons why a human should learn the basics of swimming. Because if ever in the situation, it's the thing that's going to be the reason you live or die, right? And you don't know when those things are going to happen. You can try and avoid it, all this other stuff. But swimming is a life skill that is designed to save your life. It's also for fun, but it's designed to save your life. And I think that if you go in looking at it like that, of there's maybe put a little bit more importance on it and just using this as a life skill, like getting your driver's license, a life skill, like learning CPR, right. a life skill, like all of these things. It's a new skill you learn. You have it with you. You don't have to go swimming all the time, but it's just a skill that you carry with, through you with the rest with the rest of your life. Yeah, Jason, it's not like you learn how to swim in the next couple of months and then like you know, you're expected to go with Michelle like every single weekend (laughs) to the community center and go swimming, right? It is a great skill, great skill to have. Uh, The one thing you mentioned about uh, being terrified of of like floating or just being in the water and the instructor that I had, because I had similar fears as you, but for me, I had a traumatic experience as a kid. Uh, I almost drowned in my uncle's pool and I, since then, it like stuck with me, Right. The instructor I had said to me, as long as you fill your your lungs up with air, you take that deep breath, you're not going to sink because your lungs are like balloons and you're just going to stay floating on the top of the water. So you're never, 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 never going to sink unless you just take that really big, deep inhale. Right. Okay, I'm also terrible at holding my breath. Okay, well, <laughs> well, you're, you're gonna get these are all skills, though, brother. These are all things that you can learn. When's the last time you did something that was terrifying, where you risked failure, where you put yourself in a very uncomfortable position and got yourself through it. When's the last time you did something like that? When's the last time you did something that really terrifies you and you made your way through it? Um, it's just probably been a while for yeah, sure. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. And we stopped, while, yeah. we stopped doing these things and doing those things are important. Doing things that frighten you are important. Doing things where failure is an option are important because once you get past them, you have this incredible sense of accomplishment and you just want to do more of it. You don't need to be reckless, but you need to put yourself in those positions. You got to do the things that scare yeah. you. You, but you have also to. have to, you know, want to do like, you're not going to, don't force yourself to learn how to swim. If it's something you want to do, uh, but to Ross's point, life skill, it's great, right? But I feel like if you force yourself to learn how to swim, you're going to be in that water and that's all you're thinking about is that you don't want to be there and you're just doing it because you're making yourself do it. You know what I mean? Like for me, my mm-hmm. motivation were my, my, my son and my wife, Right, because I don't want my son to learn how to swim. My wife already knows how to swim, and as he gets older, 
the two of them in the pool and having fun, like in the deep end, let's say, doing mm -hmm. cannonballs or diving or whatever, and me sitting on the sidelines not being able to enjoy those moments. So that was my uh, motivation for wanting to get it done. So when I was starting out in the shallow end, again, Jason, you're going to be totally safe, but in the shallow end, that was like my main motivation. I was kept saying to myself, you're going to do this, you're going to get through this, just listen to the instructor, mm -hmm. do as she says, and you'll be fine. And honestly, bro, by the third lesson i was swimming by myself from the shallow end into the deep end okay yo your phone i can't hear you you already jumped in the water i know are you already in the pool okay okay, okay maybe i hope it's okay you didn't go in without a lesson did you we didn't motivate you too much did we i think we might have motivated him too much no, that would be incredible, though. <laughs> there you are. He's back I thought, up there. I thought, I, I, thought, I, I thought Michelle was in there filling the tub. <laughs> you have to want to do it, Jason. Honestly, you have to want to do it. You have to be determined, and uh, you just have to be comfortable. All right? Okay. Sounds good. Uh, all right, brother. All right. You guys take care. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Brother. Wait, wait, wait. Can you please ask for a favorite Michelle, between Roz and Mocha, who's your favorite? Mocha! Yeah, Jason, between Roz and Mocha, who's your favorite? You know, I'm actually going to go Roz. Oh, thanks. Thanks, man. It's like from the heart. <laughs> He's got to even it out. <laughs> yeah, I know. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Robin Vance asks, what's the scariest movie you have ever watched? <sighs> the Social Dilemma on Netflix. You know, I watched like <laughs> half of it. Yeah. And yes, I agree with the warning that it's made or put together to give the general public, right? Yeah. I'll finish watching it at some point this week. It still does not or has not deterred me from using the internet or social media in any way. No. Uh, at all. Yeah. No. It's crazy. It should. It should. And and the problem is that even after Facebook got busted with selling info and all of this stuff, everybody's outraged. Like, we're all so bloody outraged over all of this stuff and the spying and that they're listening to you, everything. We're so outraged and yet we do nothing about it we yeah. just move on to the to the next to the next because thing. i look at when i'm like cruising on social media i'm not doing anything bad i'm not doing anything negative i'm just going about my life in an innocent way in my opinion but but i guess but it's behind, not it's not they're going about your life behind you are this, not going scenes, about your life yeah that's the way it works. You're not going about anything. Try this right now. I always find this super interesting. What? Which is um, go on. There was somebody that hit me up on uh, Instagram. Okay. And At Roz Weston, by the way. At Roz Weston. Somebody hit me up on Instagram. And I thought I recognized their name, but their account was private. Okay. As, as, some, as somebody that I knew. So I was on Instagram. Okay. And I looked at their name. And then I was like, I can't see their profile and I don't want to start following them if they're not who I think they are. So maybe they have a Facebook account. So I was on their profile on Instagram. Then I opened Facebook and I hit the search on Facebook and I typed in the first letter of their name and it auto-populated to somebody that I don't no. know. But to somebody that I don't and know. Facebook's the same company. I know, but what I'm saying is they know what your next move is, right? They know I didn't search for this person on Instagram. But you I was, clicked their profile. I was on their profile. Yeah. And then I went over to Facebook to just search anything. 
anything. He could have typed in the letter B. It automatically populated to Bob. Right. Who, let's just say Bob is the one that messaged you on IG. Right. But he could have been looking for anybody else or barbecues. Anybody else. Right? Anybody else. They know what your move is. The the freakier thing is when Matthew and I are at home and we talk about, oh, we want to buy, you know, ashwagandha pills and we say it and then you go and the ad's there. That's freaky. Yes, dude. Yes, all of it is so concerning, and yet we do nothing about it. So movies like that, I would say, was the scariest movie I saw. Now, are we talking horror movies? You want to talk yeah, horror let's movies? Talk about horror movies. Okay, Maury, go ahead. Oh my god, I love horror movies, but Hostel was freaky, and The Ring was freaky to me. Mm-hmm. The original Ring, like the, the U.S. one, the not, U.S. one, not yeah, the, yeah. The, not Ring Goo. No, I Japanese like the U.S. one, one a lot. Um, that movie was crazy. And good. Saw one. Yeah. yeah, you love that series, huh? I just well, saw them, one oh was to God. me different than the rest. Saw one was was its own thing, and it was really, really well thought out. Because I believe these things can happen. Yeah, um, I'm not into movies like Hostel, where it is. Um, I, I don't like that. I don't like torture porn. Yeah, I'm not into that. I'm not into just watching somebody get their leg drilled for no reason. Like I well, don't find that scary. That's a movie. I that's where I right? learned. There's a vein from your eye to your brain. Right. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't find that scary. Like I don't get. I don't get scared by that um god paranormal activity always scares me yeah only because you never see what that creature or ghost or demon or whatever right anything like that scares me um (laughs) my wedding video (laughs) yeah marty's wedding video terrifying um what else what other movie nightmare on elm street that first one scared the hell out of me growing up oh man yeah, the all those old movies because I was so you're so young when you watch them though, like inappropriately young when you watch them. And like the first Halloween or sorry, the first Friday the thirteenth scared the hell out of me, but I was probably about six when I saw it. It's yeah. like music you're not supposed to watch those things when you're six. Like it does damage to you. Like you never forget those visuals in those movies. And I never have forgot. I never forget my mother for letting us watch that when I was six Yo, years Bob old. Babadook. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, See, so you found Babadook terrifying. Yeah, Babadook was so scary. What was the one with uh with Black Men? Mitch. What was that? Oh, no, maybe not Black Mitch. What huh? was the one with the goat? What was that movie? Oh, The Witch. The Witch. Oh, and what was yeah. the goat called? Um, Black Philip. Black Philip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not Black Mitch. Black Philip. Uh, that movie was good. There was another movie where I'm trying to think. Oh, there's one that I still have on my list yeah. on Netflix that I have not yet watched because they have said that this is probably the scariest movie in existence. Oh my God, what is it? And I asked my sister, who's a big horror movie fan as well, and she gets scared easily. And she said, this movie was also the most scariest movie she's ever seen. Really? Hereditary. Hereditary. I think I saw Hereditary. Look it oh, up. Oh, oh, that's the one with Tony Collette? Yes. Yes, that movie's What's, great. What happened I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. Oh. oh. Hereditary with Tony Collette 2018. Yeah, that movie's not good. It's yeah. messed up. I've had it on my list for a yeah. long what time. Happened? It's messed up. It's messed up. I don't even um, want to know. Don't even talk about it right now. Yeah, yeah. Just watch it. Maybe that'll be your homework for the uh, for the day. Ooh, to, just, uh, to watch that when you come back tomorrow and, and talk about it on the next podcast. I wonder, again, it's so difficult to, when you even when you Google like scariest movies of all time, right? Oh, like classics like uh, Exorcist will come up. I didn't find that scary. No? Not no, at all? No. Yeah. It's just like The Shining. Like, I never found The Shining scary. Oh, like, yeah, I, me I, I found it, like, 
Like the original one, not the new one. Yeah, and then you have questions of, okay, is The Quiet Place uh, a horror movie or is that like a suspense sort of thing, whatever, right? Which it's I, horror, I, I, I But it's I would, listed as a horror movie. I though, would say that's right? more suspense. Yeah, I love that movie. That movie was yeah, so, that movie was so good. Hey, did you watch The New Invisible Man? Did you watch I did. that you one? You know what? I like that movie. Yeah, you didn't mind yeah. it. It was it was sort of a new twist on it. Did you watch it more? I did not. No, it was sort of a new twist. It was it was okay. I didn't hate it. I I didn't hate it. Um, another movie. I think it's still on Netflix. That's really really freaky. Is called Hush, and this oh, is like yeah, one of those yeah, like yeah, sleeper yeah, hits. Yeah. But yeah. it's basically um this woman who lives in a cabin in the woods. No, and she's <laughs> deaf. Yeah, and somebody is terrorizing oh, her. Hush is so brutal. It's and she so has no idea who this person is or how they're getting access to the house. So let me, hold on here. What was that movie? Because I've defended this movie before. I've had arguments about this movie before. Um, What was it? I think it was. What was the movie where, I thought it was Ryan Reynolds in it, but I guess it's not. Um, it's a movie where there's a family at a cabin. Again, obviously a cabin. And cabin then, in the woods? No. And oh. then people come in and it's just like this group of people and they have terrifying masks on and they tie them up and just are going to start just slaughtering them. Right? What, us? Oh, not us. Oh, I know what you're talking about. What is it? Um, 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 oh, man. Yeah, no, that one's like real freaky. Because it, it has, to me, the most terrifying line delivered in any horror movie. And I'll tell you that as soon as I figure out the movie. And it's at the end of the movie. I know exactly the movie that you're talking about. Not, um, was it The Others? No, oh, not The Others. Oh, oh, oh. No, no, no not no, no, The no, Others. No, 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 no. Uh, Stranger or The Strangers or something like that, right? Yes. Yes, yes. Sorry. It was um, uh, Scott Speedman in the movie. It was, yeah, it was Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman. And what's the name of the movie? Uh, the Strangers. Oh, okay. See, and the, so here, so to me, this is why I've defended this movie because when it comes to horror movies and villains and and everything else, you know the motivation normally for these characters. The they build a story arc to them. Freddy Krueger, um, Jigsaw, all this other stuff. You eventually find the motivation for them, for why they do this. And it's not that it humanizes them, but it sort of puts things into context. And why this movie to me was the most terrifying movie in this moment that I'd ever seen. There's a scene in the movie where all these guys in super creepy masks, okay, are in the house and they look like they really know what they're doing and everybody's about to die. And it is absolutely horrific because they just sort of go about their business. And Liv Tyler screams at one of the people and just says, why are you doing this to us? And the guy looks at her with the mask on and says, because you were home. Oh, boy. I know. <laughs> right? Meaning no other motivation. So if she was out getting groceries. No other motivation yeah. other than you were home. There, This isn't something where I had a bad childhood. You didn't wrong me in some sort of way. The reason we're doing this is simply because you were home. And to me, that motivation for a psychopath is the most terrifying motivation you could have because it is just completely random at that point. So watch that movie. It's not like the best scary movie but it's that line is what I mean, terrified just, me the most yeah it's a terrifying movie it's a terrifying movie yeah yeah um already asks what would you change about you in order to have your dream job example would you be a fast runner so you could be an olympian <laughs> <laughs> no i what i think would be cool is that if you could have that sort of dream skill 
um, where you were like world class. Yeah. I think the better story is if you just did it on the side. Like, I think that the Ooh, crazy story would be is if you were like, like, imagine right now, uh, if we did this show every day, yeah. right? And we just came in and did the show. We all looked the way we did. But every four years, Maury would have to go and do the Olympics to win the gold again. <laughs> right? Like, as in, like you don't change your but life in any way. way. I, do, I could assure you I'm not going to the no, Olympics. No, because it would just be like a superpower. Like, yeah. you would have just this skill. This one this skill. This one skill where you could go and Dope. do things. I like it. Right? Like, I think it's cooler if you don't give up your life and become that thing full time. Like if I if I could leave, if I left on a Friday, right? And I was like, hey Mocha, I gotta get out of here a little early because I gotta catch catch a flight um down to uh, uh California to go and play in a PGA tournament <laughs> where I'm going to win, right? And then yeah, I just come back up here. Win. Yeah, guaranteed to win. And then I come back up here and I just do the show for the rest of the week. Like I think that's a better story where if it's almost like you're you're incredibly talented, but it becomes your part-time gig. Yeah. Like I think that's really cool. Well like most most CFL players have other jobs. Well, that's because they don't make a lot of money doing CFL, though, Maury. Okay, bad it's, example. Yeah. <laughs> See, for me, I'm already living my, uh, doing my dream job. I've always, as a kid, I've always wanted to be on the right, radio. Right. So this is, uh, this is what I, I've always wanted to do. So I'm living out my dream. Uh, but to your point where you would leave, I like your kind of like side gig. Yeah. If you leave every- Like your side Maury. dream job. Yeah. Your side dream job. So like, for example, like every April, I would get out of here on a Friday and be like, guys, I got to go because I have a match at WrestleMania this weekend. Yes. Right? Yes. And I go wrestle and then come back like on Wait, Monday. So yeah. are you saying that over in the corner, your your costume would be hung up that you would take with you, you for just, your flight? Yes, but I would always be packed. <laughs> uh, like, I, okay, so if there, were, if there were more hours in a day and I could still guarantee to see my family and- you, all of that stuff and not go on any less sleep than what I already do. Like I would love to do this show and leave this show and go and work in my own restaurant. Oh, right. Chef. Yeah. Like I would love Sick. to do that. Yeah. You know, like to me, that would be the perfect life. Like I would like to, I would like to do that Two Just completely different things I think would be healthier. Well, Damn it, Maury. Somebody already gave you the best name for that. Which is what? Roz Tarrant. No, I'm not calling a place a Roz Tarrant. Who <laughs> gave you that name? That's somebody dumb. commented on so one of his stupid. Instagrams and I, I like screen grabbed it because it was the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Roz the Roz Tarrant? Yeah. Nobody would eat there. Nobody wants to eat at a place called <laughs> the Roz Tarrant. Who cares? You have the sign. It's spelled restaurant wrong. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's how it has, that's what it has to be. No, no, no. Damn, Maury, do you have an answer? I mean, uh, same as I love radio, but my thing is I wish that I could change my voice so that when I went, I wouldn't have to audition and I would always get voice gigs. My dream is to like voice movie trailers Sure, and yeah, 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 yeah. So I wish that... Uh, that you had infinite voice potential, right? Like you could do yeah. any voice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Logan has a question for you, Ross. Okay, go ahead. If I committed one hour a week, what would a decent lawn schedule look like? <laughs> <laughs> one hour a week. Yeah, or just one hour a week. Not okay. a day. Just one hour. Okay. One well, week. I, I first. I, I have so many questions though because I don't know how long it takes him to just do one mow. Right. right. Like if your one mow is a full hour, then that's where you have to spend that time because sure. you can't not. Um, I would say that for somebody who wants a sort of decent lawn, you should be mowing minimum. Uh, twice a week, yeah. minimum twice a week. You should spend a little time making sure that you know how much water your lawn needs and then you give it that much water. 
And then you need to just do a sort of slight chemical program. And when I say chemicals, I don't mean like harsh chemicals, but you, you need like nitrogen, you need some fertilizer, you need some of this stuff to maintain a decent lawn. I think that you could all, I think that, I think that if you spent a weekend up front, just sort of going out and getting all your supplies and your tools and your everything else. All your prep work. All your prep work. I think that you could do... I'm not going to say an hour a week. I'm going to say about 90 minutes a week, but it doesn't necessarily have to be 90 minutes all in the same day. Yeah. But I think that if you give yourself 90 minutes a week on a regular size lawn, you can really, really change it. Uh, Leah asks, would you rather be able to see things that are very, very far away, like binoculars, okay. like how binoculars operate, yeah. or be able to see things very close up, like a microscope? Mm. Oh. I'd want far away. Why? For horrible reasons. Not for spying. Don't say spying. That's weird. It's for spying. But what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, because I mean, if things are close up, whatever. Like, wh- what need do I need with that? What need do I need with that? <laughs> <laughs> what need do I need with that? <laughs> I'd rather see things far away so I, I love, know what's coming. I love when people are snarky, but they use the wrong words. <laughs> yeah. Year, years ago, years ago, I was a telemarketer, and uh, I was working for the Toronto Symphony, and I was a telemarketer selling raffle tickets and uh, yearly subscriptions. And you would just get these pompous on the other end of the phone, right? Really? Yeah, where I'd call up and I'd be like, hey, it's uh, uh, Ross Collin from the Symphony. Uh, I know that you're a patron. I'm just wondering too. And then they would always, it's at that point where they just realize who you are and they always come up with some sort of excuse or just straight up hang up. But I always love the pompous where I'm like, hey, it's uh, Roz from the uh, Toronto Symphony. And they were like, listen, Roz, I'm going to stop you right there. I'm just not that interesting. <laughs> and then they hang up and I'm like, and I'm like, you're killing yourself right now because I know you meant to say interested. <laughs> and, you, and right now you're realizing you yeah. said interesting. <laughs> And you're hoping I call back. And guess what? I'm not. Yeah, I meant interesting. I meant interesting. That's another thing you and I have in common. I was a telemarketer and I sold bagel boxes. Did you? Yeah, I was bagel a, boxes? Yeah, it was a fundraiser for the shul. And I would sell bagel boxes every year. Yeah, I was a really good telemarketer. Were you? I made a I. lot I of bagel money. Boxes. I made a lot of money telemarketing. Yeah? I had a full-time radio job where I was writing and producing for two shows. And I was telemarketing for four hours in the evening. And I made more money telemarketing than I did working for the radio station. Seriously? Yeah. Well, what was the product? Uh, symphony stuff because oh, really? yeah because what winds up happening is the way telemarketing worked was it was very much like Glengarry Glenn Ross if you ever seen that movie where you would go in and you would have to start literally by cold calling people so these were people you would get these numbers they called them leads and it was a sheet of paper that you had in front of you and on it was a name and a phone number and a sometimes a description of how you obtained their phone number hmm. And oftentimes what this was is if somebody gave somebody symphony tickets as a gift, right? And I want to send them to your house. I give them your information, but I'm the one that bought them for you. So then your name and information goes into the symphony. And so they're now contacting you, not the people that bought them. So a lot of, a lot of these numbers were people who were uh, filled out a raffle form for something and symphony tickets were part of a prize. So a lot of these numbers, hundreds upon hundreds of these numbers want nothing to do with the symphony at all. And so when you walk in, they give you a stack of like 50 papers, 50 
50 leads and you have to try and call these people to try and get them to buy like annual subscriptions, not single tickets to a show, but annual subscriptions. And I got so good at it. And the better you get at it, the better the leads are. So when you start selling a lot in cold calls, then what you get are people who have purchased tickets before. Then when you start selling those like crazy, then you get people who have um, purchased season tickets, but just not this past year. So for some reason, they missed a year and your job is to call them and to get them to come back. Once you do enough of those and where I ended off with them is every single lead that I got. And I would get like 50 of them a night. Every single lead that I got were basically lifelong subscriptions where all I had to do is call them and say, hey, it's Roz from the Symphony. And they would literally go, oh, my God, I can't believe we forgot. Let me go get my credit card. And it was just oh, it was renewal wow. after renewal after renewal after way. renewal Crazy. after renewal. So by the end of this, I was making hundreds of dollars because yeah. it was all commission. Well, and. I mean- I'm, it's not obviously you did well, you know, working for the symphony because your voice is music to our ears. Oh, thank you, Maury. Yes, but uh, but yeah, so that was crazy. Telemarketing was nuts, and then you had to ring a bell. Ding! No, you didn't. When you made a sale, and you just had to like go, in the movies, yeah, and you had to go up to the whiteboard and write down um, your name and how much you made on on the whiteboard. Oh, yeah, it was crazy. Bagel boxes. When you made oh, really? a sale, you just put a stale bagel in the bin. Oh no, no, no! This you had to ring a bell, and if you didn't ring the bell, they were pissed. Really? Yeah, it was, it was all part of the structure. Yeah, it was crazy. Telemarketing was a wild world. So were you always like walking up to that whiteboard oh, just yeah. strutting it? Yeah. Yeah, Hitting of course. the bell. <laughs> yeah, man. Ding, 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 yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Holy. Yeah, so I made a lot of money. I made a lot of money doing that. Like really good. And I was young and it was a, it was a part-time job. But for a part-time job, four hours a night, I like it was it was all my money at that time. Yeah. Yeah, selling, selling symphony tickets. There was tickets. somebody who called, I think it was last year, from the symphony, ironically, yeah, because yeah. I the first time I bought tickets for a show, okay, it's still the symphony, but it wasn't like your traditional where you show up and it's just the band that's playing. It was like it was, one of the movie it ones. It was the one where they show a movie yeah. and then the, the orchestra will play. They That's how they get your name and number. Even though you went to see a movie yes. at the in where they do the symphony, now they will call you for but subscriptions. one year, because I felt so bad, because the person who called me was a little bit older. Yeah. And I went, we, we went, we had a good time. They called, and uh, the first time somebody called, I was like, I don't know, I couldn't have the conversation. I was busy or whatever, and I said, please call me back. And then they called again because they wanted me to buy more tickets or make a donation or something. Anyway, I had this conversation. I actually sometimes feel bad depending on who it is that's calling me. Yeah. It's always the old people to get me, yeah, right? And yeah. I felt bad because I had this conversation with this person who's trying so hard. I just was not interested, <sighs> right? But then I was like, is there, I still want to help out. Like, can I make a donation at least? Like, yeah. I don't want to buy tickets, but I would love to donate to the symphony yeah. if I can do that. And they're like, that's a different department. And they're going <laughs> to call, call you for something else. No, they didn't? No, okay, no okay. gladly took my credit they card. They did, huh? Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. So, so that's I made perfect. the donation because yeah, I just, yeah. I just felt that. bad, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. You already said yours, right, Maury? Mm-hmm. You wanted to see far away. Yep. All right. You didn't answer. Oh, I didn't answer? No, neither did I. Oh, well, what's your answer? I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how to monetize that. Uh, being able to see far away would be very beneficial. I agree yeah. with you on that. Well, there's I'd a like lot of things. There, there's a lot of things that, you know, I would want to see up close from being far away. Like, that, that's really great. But also the idea of having like microscope eyes yeah. would be so cool. The medical just, field would be all over you. But I just don't know what to do with that. Like, I don't. It's, there it's are more like, things you could do with things that are far away. Exactly, Maury. I'm thinking the amount of times in a week 
where I'm looking at something that I can't see. Is it normally because it's too far away yes. or is it normally because it's too small? See, no, I would, I would say because it's far away. See, because I would use it to away. call a restaurant. If I saw far away, I could see the patio. Right. And I'd be able to phone going, I know there are tables available. I could so see. So you're going to use your super eyes to just be a dick? <laughs> to make <get> reservations? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and to be a dick about it. Like you're going to use what it to make a reservation. No I could see it. Yeah, of course you are. Uh, you could use the, uh, I know, I, I got to, yeah. I don't know, man. Like I, I, I get slivers and stuff and I find it sometimes difficult to clip my toenails because my eyes are so bad. Oh man. Yeah, because I can't look around. The, it's, you know what I mean? <laughs> like I don't, I don't know. No, I, I would don't know. say to see far away because yeah. you could, you could get a great job working for like the government or something as a spy. Uh, who wants to be a government guy? <laughs> I'm not going to get a superpower and then immediately go and get a government job. Or if you could see far away, um, you could... You could spend less on crappy tickets for a concert and see the stage. Fair enough. Yeah, you could. Yeah, oh, yeah and buy you, your nosebleeds, you right? Yeah, yeah, you could. When we can go back to Realistically, you're just going to spend your time looking at boobs anyway, so who are you <laughs> kidding? <laughs> Kunath says here, I've only watched the newest Star Wars movies, not mm. the older ones. Mm. All right, Force Awakens... Uh, Last Jedi, Jedi, Rise of Skywalker. Right. He says, uh, I want to start watching The Mandalorian. Would I be able to understand or won't I understand any of the references because I didn't watch all of the movies? Um, I think you can watch The Mandalorian 100%. It's just, just look at it as it's a whole new thing. So just get into the story without even wondering if there's things that you're not getting. Because it is its own standalone thing. Yeah. Enough time has passed in the, I guess, the, the timeline of the series where uh, you don't need to reference. No. I mean, literally, there's one thing. Sure. The main subject of yes. The Mandalorian yeah, yeah. that uh, is tied to the originals, if yeah. you want to like really know the history of those Star Wars movies. But I think it's, to your point, it's yeah, fine. I think it's, it's fine. It's totally fine. And I, and I would suggest that, too. I would absolutely suggest watching The Mandalorian because it's really, really great. Uh, Andrew asks, uh, what is your go-to for candy at Halloween, mm. and do you buy Halloween candy, keep to yourselves, and not, like, right. give out when kids knock on the door? Maury always used to have boxes of it in his office, like the oh, full boxes yeah. in his office. Yeah, and, well, I, in the condo, there is no trick-or-treating, right? Right, And they right, used right, to right, do, right. like, the communal bowl, but then just, like, drunk idiots would end up taking it, and kids would right. get it. So they just stopped it altogether. So I'll still buy it, and, like, will enjoy it at home. And my favorite always is the go-to and the coffee crisp never gets eaten. So what's the go-to? Kit Kat. Kit Kat, that's Ooh, right. Oh, that's a yes. good one. Yes, I always Kat. love Snickers or Caramel. Yeah. yeah, the little mini ones. Oh, so good. Those are my two favorites. See, to me, it's always the mini bags of chips. Oh, yeah. Those are always good, yeah, too. Yeah, always the mini bags of chips. When I open up the, the pantry and we got like a whole extra big bag of the mini bags of chips, I am on top but of the world. there's only like two chips in there. I know, but you just grab like three bags because sometimes I want a little barbecue, <laughs> a little salt and vinegar. Oh, yeah. A little regular, Create right? A little combo yeah, bag. Yeah, baby. <laughs> uh, I like the chips. As far as chocolate bars go, um, the mini... Oh, is it Oh Henry or Mr. Big? Mm, I think it's... Mr. Big. Okay. The mini Mr. Bigs are really good. Which is I find ironically them, wrong. Yes, I find them very satisfying. 
because it's I like everything that's in a Mr. Big, but I would never eat an entire chocolate bar of anything. Never. At all? No, never. Really? Never. I don't like chocolate. I don't oh, like sweet just things. Just like a little, just a little taste. And, but anytime, like when they're kicking around kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, I'll go and I'll, I'll have- Just a little sample. I'll, yeah, I'll have one of those. But other than that, I don't like any of the, the sweet things. Like I don't like rockets. I don't like any of those- Thing so I will just always go for the chips and then every now and then uh, the 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 Mister Big is uh, is there. Is Matthew into all the Halloween candy as well? Oh as my much as God, you? Oh, yeah. wow. he eats. Our thing is when we know that there's a show that we have to watch in the nighttime. I'm sent to Shoppers Drug Mart to go and get a crap ton of chocolate bars and stuff because it's the what we do. Now, do you like a, a variety, like what comes in that box, or do you have specifics that you go out oh, and specific. get? I know what he likes. Which is? He always like the the fruit and nut thing, or... The what? what, the, what <laughs> Cadbury, isn't it Cadbury? Yeah. Fruit and nut? Dairy milk. Dairy milk. Dairy milk, fruit and nut, he loves that. Or the lint Ugh. little circles, the lint candy bars or whatever, the balls. Like you a Ferrero Rocher? Kind of thing, yeah, but they're lint. Those things. So do you, you like? Do you like Ferrero Rocher? I, I don't Ferrero mind Rocher. them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like the they're coconut Ferrero Rocher. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I get that. I get so that. anyway, I just pile him up with a bunch of chocolate. So and he eats, quiet. Wow, he eats chocolate that I've never heard of before. I've oh, never yeah. heard of either of those things at all. No, you don't know lint chocolate. No, I don't. But I don't know what so it that's is. That's what comes with Swiss Chalet thing now. Oh, that's, is it? Yeah, they don't do Toblerone no more. They don't do what? Toblerone. I know that's ridiculous. Toblerone really went downhill. Hey, what were those things called where you would get them over the holidays? And they came in like a plastic container with like little bowl shapes underneath it. And it was like a half round circle of something. And then it had like a, a, da- a dobble of... Uh, oh, a, yeah. What um, was that thing called? Oh, what? oh, Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Over the holidays? It's the people people serve them at Christmas. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. Oh my God, I know what it is. Oh my God, oh my God. And they were just so... Toffee ri- tea, toffee, toffee E, toffee E, toffee no. kee hee toffee dee dee Toffee fey. Toffee fey. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, toffee. Yeah, wasn't you remember it, those things? Yeah, cho- isn't it like chocolate and caramel inside of like of a hazelnut? Right? Is that what that is? A hazelnut um, with a dot of chocolate on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. it's chocolate caramel. Yeah, and then I believe the 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 he 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 part. <laughs> yeah, or maybe the he 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 part is caramel, but it's made to look like. Almond, right? They Is that are what you're talking about? Toffee Fay yeah. are caramel cups containing nougat, caramel, and yeah. hazelnut topped with a chocolate button. There you go. Chocolate button. Yeah. What the hell is nougat? Uh, that's the hee 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 part. Yeah, that's the hee 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 part. <laughs> Every week on Instagram, you'll find us at Kiss925 asking you to ask us the questions for Ask Razamoka, and we'll get through as many as we can on a future episode of the podcast. Thanks for listening to the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Catch the guys live. Weekday mornings from 6 to 10. On KISS 92.5. KISS 92.5.com. Or download the KISS 92.5 app.